Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Dogfoot Separate Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and the VR Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. Mm. I am your extremely handsome host, Nintendo. And with me, as always, are my wrestling fanatics, Percy Steve. You know, Joe, I. I would say that you are the handsomest there is, the handsomest there was, and the handsomest that ever will be. It <laughs> me. Yeah. I don't know a goddamn thing about wrestling. The only thing that I do know is some wise words, which is that the only thing that matters in wrestling are your teeth and your testicles. Anything else, just keep wrestling and stop whining. Is that true? I don't know if that. I, I've <laughs> never tried I have no it. Idea. I don't know. I don't. Perfect. Never All right. Wrestled. Well, I, I'm hoping that we'll find out. Okay. We'll find out. Yes. <laughs> no problem. We, we, we are here to learn. We are here to learn. Okay. Yes, I have right. my, my, my student cap on. Yes. Yes. So the reason why I want to do this topic, which is wrestling, by the way, um, is because you know, the recent passing of Scott Hall, and it was just really sad. You know, he had hip surgery, and then he had three heart attacks. Right. Then put on life support. His family said, take him off. Now he's gone. And yeah. that is super, super sad. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I kind of like want to like, like, you no know, talk about um, Scott Hall and maybe like other uh, wrestlers who have passed like Rowdy Piper and uh, the ultimate warrior and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and just like general like memories. Yeah. Of rest- from, like, yeah. General world. wrestling memories. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mimosas. Right. <laughs> Right. And to do so, so yeah. we invited other people on because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. So we needed two people that do know what they're talking about. Take it away, Nintendo, and introduced our slash your slash our slash guests. That's right. So we have the guitarist for Swarm of Eyes and also a comic book artist. We have George. Say hi, George. Hey, man. Uh, How are Tim, you? Tim, first of all, thank you for answering my question. Can we swear on this podcast or not? Yes. yes. I appreciate oh, that no we problem. figured that out we earlier. Don't, ice we broke. Don't give a shit. Yes. We don't <laughs> and, give a shit. And just to be clear, 
because uh, I am not an artist because uh, my stick figures don't look like stick figures. Um, so <laughs> well, I, mean, like, you, I am just I mean, blessed. I'm just not, blessed to maybe work not with a, fantastic artists. Maybe not a comic book artist, but you're like an artist in other ways. <laughs> Nice. You're an artist with oh, music. Yes, it's interpretive dance, uh, poetry. <laughs> uh, I I know you're like on the weekends. You do that uh, Mongolian death reggae stuff. Oh, I think, yeah, uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, Keeps keep me in shape. Throat yeah. singing in, involved, I think. But uh, CEO oh, of yeah, 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 yeah. CEO of Homeless Comics, Mr. George oh, O'Connor. That sounds yes. so much sexier than what it really is. Like, oh, it sounds sexy. Well, that's uh, that's what it's all about. It. It's all about making it sound as sexy as humanly possible. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, yes, you yes. know, it's been you one week since we looked at you. Uh, yeah, it, it has been, been week, uh, yes, which has been, been you know, yeah. seven days too long. Yes, frankly. that's true. Um, <laughs> after not being able to see each other for like two years. That's true. Um, but no, I mean, being able to meet you guys through Swarm of Eyes and everything has been such a wonderful part of this 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 journey this yeah. more revised journey yeah it's such um, a random encounter too yes and just the, the way the venn diagrams just linked up like oh i guess, I guess we are friends now um, <laughs> you got damn right we're friends Wait, now shit. george are we friends now oh, <laughs> oh damn shit. i didn't yeah, you know it's it's one of those um unexpected surprises you know in a band that has been kind of full of unexpected surprises i mean we are all gentlemen of a certain age mm-hmm um quite nice and you know when we got together like it was never and then we will get the rock and roll mansion like yeah we we knew that that ship had sailed so you know it was just look this is we will do this for as long as it's fun and we're about to enter our 12th year like this fall will be 12 years easily the longest band i've ever been a part of Mm. yeah um and i and you know when it's first started um with randy and i randy our lead singer um in my head i'm like yeah maybe we'll do like a one or two gigs mm-hmm. you know it was going to be a basement computer project <laughs> um and like i said 12 years um you know hundreds of gigs at this point um it's it's it, it still keeps blowing my mind that you know we've been doing it this long and like and so like i said the whole thing has been a gift and a surprise. Um, and again, being able to meet you guys and and forming that friendship is yeah. absolutely <clears throat> one of you know those bullet points under the the surprises and reasons I'm glad Swarm Revise happened. Oh so, hell yeah! I mean, oh, I, mean yeah. I, I I feel like it's probably top of your list. Right? <laughs> it's probably, probably the best like, thing. Like meeting us was probably <laughs> like if I if I had to guess, probably like like yeah. second only to nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear to the listening audience we are uh, we mentioned randy a couple of times that is randy carter who we did just have on for his second appearance on the retro reductive cephala podcast we was, he was on a few weeks ago talking about school lunches and before that <laughs> weird al yankovic uh that oh, was yes. a few years ago yeah. oh i'm sure he had fun. very strong opinions he about did, weird al yankovic. both great episodes yes. we had yeah. a great time with randy both those times so we're happy to have you on george too thank you man and uh so yeah. so welcome aboard so Who's our second guest? This is is a dude I don't know at all. Yes, yes. A stranger. You guys guys are meeting him for the first time. Yes. And I I actually work with this guy. Okay. And uh, I also have never met him. (laughs) I also have never met him. Uh, I happen to work with this guy, and uh, he's actually a weekend wrestler. And he is 
a really nice guy. His name is Dominic. Oh, say hi, God. Dominic. Hi, guys. Should I say, How are you? Can I, should, should I call, should should I call you. you little daddy? Should I call you little daddy? Please call me little daddy, big daddy. It's a work. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we, bur- we buried the lead. We have an o- official wrestler on the goddamn podcast today. That's right. and, and, and we buried the shit out of that. Sorry, Dominic. Thanks for being on. <laughs> That's <though>. right. <laughs> yeah, I'll pad that wrestling, res- wrestling wrestling resume, if I can get that out. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've done not only the wrestling, but I've done a lot of um, promotion, production. And, uh, and most recently, I did about three years of uh, commentary. Uh, which was probably the most fun of everything I've ever done. Wow. Awesome. Very cool. Very, nice. very cool. Now, do you, when you wrestle, do you have like a stage name or do you just call yourself Dominic? Actually, Dom- Dom- Dominic the Little Daddy. That should be your name. Right. No, I do not call myself that at all. Um, That is just, that's not quite pushing up the <laughs> wrestling. Of that's a, just yeah, a good, yeah. that's just a good marketing decision. That's a good marketing yes. decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little does. Daddy would not, although I actually wrestle with a guy who does go by Little Daddy. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Little, little, he's actually a hell of a wrestler. He's a big guy, so it's a little ironic. But his little daddy Bravo, and it's because his dad went by Big Daddy Bravo and was a wrestler. So he's like, I mean, he might even be third generation, but he was at least second generation. So he took it's like a family name, like the Rey Mysterio type thing. That's cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, there is a little daddy, but no, I have. Uh, when I first started wrestling, it was a different era, and uh, I wrestled under the name Mongoose Max Mason for. A few years, and I basically, I, I got, in, I was too young to really go it on my own. So when the company that brought me in, uh, you know, went out of business, I kind of stopped for a few years, and then I met a different, different group, and um, they were very active locally in the road in the Rhode Island and Massachusetts area, and not only were they, you know, really great performers, they're also really great guys to be around. So I stayed. And, and they covered a couple different companies. It wasn't just, you know, it was several groups that kind of made one larger group. And uh, for them, I wrestled uh, the last few years, a character, uh, kind of a, what they call a baby face, a very, uh, they called me the hard luck hero. It was uh, <clears throat> Polo Power Don Peretti. My entire gimmick was based on the fact that I came to the ring in khakis and a polo. <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> And it all came, and this often happens in wrestling. It all came from, you know, I had established a polo gimmick. I was going to use a Polish hammer as a finish to the polo hammer. And it was a it was a fun gimmick. And the first night I had to wrestle for the company that wanted me to do that gimmick, um, I wrestled a, a guy I had known for quite a few years. And um, so I was comfortable with the match part of it. But I'm, I said to him, I said, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't, I don't really haven't created a character like an entrance or anything like that. So since the guy was facing was clearly meaner and tougher looking than me, I just got on the ropes and said, who's about to make, who's about to make a really bad decision? This guy. And people started chanting this guy. So I ended up being this guy for the next (laughs) 10 years or so. Oh my God. It's this (laughs) guy. And I had, yeah, I had an official retirement um, when that, with, from that company, and um, it was a big cage match, and the owner of the company had the match with me, and I went into commentary for several years for those guys, uh, among others, but recently I've come back to performing. I was really just trying to help guys do production, and I realized I was in good enough shape to still do it, so I'm coming back trying to do a bad guy character now. Oh, wow. Nice. So I'm, keep, I'm keeping the Don Purdy character, but now I'm the pariah. 
I'm trying to be a little mean. So, so would you say that yeah. you're a bad guy, but you're not really a bad guy? <laughs> I definitely, I'm try, they would call it a heel, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I like to think I'm a nice person. <laughs> I like to think I'm a gentleman, a gentleman. <laughs> and the, you know, the first, like I said, the, the the polo power gimmick is a lot more like my personality. Um, but it's because I you really, wear polos. That's no other reason. There's nothing else there. <laughs> I really never ever wear polos except when I'm doing that character. I, get, okay. I have a flash. I have a flash t-shirt on right now. Nice, nice. Just the fact you're wearing a t-shirt at all, I'm mm. just really disappointed. I know you're disappointed, Joe. I'm sorry. So, just so you I'm, know, sorry. I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing any <clears throat> pants for this episode. Just so you know. I, I mean, think you would. What do you mean this episode? It is every episode, but I mean, I'm just saying. Right no, now, I'm not Joe, it's right just now. called the uniform at this point. Right. You're wearing the uniform. I can't, I can't even do that. Um, <laughs> so, so George, tell us about your love of wrestling. And I know you're a big fan. Um, how far does that go back? To what degree are you a fan? Have you ever done it yourself? Have you ever just, just tell us why you love wrestling? What, what does wrestling mean to you? Okay. Um, so wrestling, when it's done right, Like, you know, at this point, we all know what wrestling is and what it isn't. And we go into that when it can make you forget that it's scripted. When you legitimately react to a move, a kick out, a segment, when you just flat out forget Mm -hmm. that is the magic of professional wrestling. And I think it's more than when you're watching a TV show or a movie, when you get invested in it, because there is like TV shows and movies, they're scripted too, but it doesn't come with that baggage. It doesn't come with that expectation or like the idea of like, Oh no, no, I know what's really going on. Um, And wrestling does have that. Um, whether it's just baked in because you're a fan or the assholes on the outside who want to take your joy and want to remind you. So that's it is like really good professional wrestling makes you forget. Um, And that's when it's beautiful. That's when it's a work of art. Um, The athletes today are just flat out amazing and what they can do. It's scary as hell sometimes. I think we are smarter now than we were 20 years ago about the business where you see somebody getting ready for a big move. And I know for me, I'm like, oh, but I really want them to be able to walk when they're 65. <laughs> right. Where 20 yeah. years ago, like you didn't care. Ooh, he got hit in the chair, hit in the head with a chair. Wow. That must have, you know, that really hurt. Now it's like, oh, no, he's going to forget the third grade when he's 48. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. go the piano lessons. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Not to bring it down, but you mentioned Scott Hall at the beginning. Yes. And we're, you know, we're seeing where that can lead. Um, right. You know, the, the 300 days a year on the road for these guys and women. Um, you know, and, and I would say he didn't really even wrestle. He, you know, the, the, the athleticism that he was doing isn't close to what these guys and women are doing now, but mm-hmm. it still took a, a toll. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At 63, he's breaking the yeah. of wrestlers. Right. Yeah. They go a lot younger. A lot younger. Yeah. Yeah. Umaga um, was 40. I mean, yeah. 40 something. And you've got your Chris Candido's, um, you know, I, it's just sadly we could spend the entire hour and a half talking about dead wrestlers who are within our age bracket. You know, right. we have vivid yes. memories. Yes. Of, yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's a bummer. Um, the silver lining is you watch and I have, and, Sorry, I know this is retro is the first word in this, in this yes, podcast, right. but if we want to pull it back, let me know. But one of the things that gives me hope is seeing the wrestlers kind of coming out now, and especially like an AEW, is these wrestlers have watched the generations before them, taken, every, taken the good parts and gone, and I'm not going to do that. And it feels yeah, like they are setting themselves up for a better quality of life down the road. You mm -hmm. know, um, again, I don't know how in-depth y'all are or how in-depth the readers are, our listeners are, but there's been another round of quotes of The Undertaker going on podcasts and calling this generation of wrestlers soft, um, which I think is because instead of going out to the bar at 2 a.m. after the show, they're either going home or they're going back to their hotel room and playing, you know, their Nintendos or their Xboxes. Right. Um, okay. And we're supposed to think that's a bad thing. Right. 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 Absolutely. <clears throat> I participated in both those generations, uh, you know, locally in independent wrestling and is a huge difference. And I'll honestly take this, this evolution of, people caring about their health and wellness and wellness of others. Yep. And, you know, as part of the, as part of the product. Yeah. Um, but to swing it all the way back around to your original question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, w I was a kid and it was, you know, I'm Boston. Um, so it was Northeast. It was WWF at the time. And so I just, you know, it was there. It was a thing that was on TV every now and then. Um, I've got random, uh, one of my favorite random memories, which will always be a cap in my dad's, uh, you know, uh, or a feather in his cap is I'm, I don't know, eight or nine. My brother is a year and a half under me. And we thought a great Father's Day gift this year would be going to the wrestling match at our local rink. Um, nice. You know, that was that was our gift to our dad. Is yeah. for him to take us. <laughs> sure. You know, um, and what I, so, you know, just think of your normal municipal hockey rink, but 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we're in so the, the, the stench of the stench of oh, urine. The stench uh -huh. of urine was uh, more potent mm -hmm. than it is today. <laughs> um, and at one point, this is George Animal Steel was still part of the show, and he was running around outside the ring and my brother and I remember like eight and six and a half decide let's chase George the animal steel so we get in the group of people chasing George the animal steel out of nowhere everybody starts running at us and past us and before we know what's happening George the animal steel is right above us 
screaming at us. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> um, so you know uh, that that's a wonderful memory, and I and my first wrestling hero, which was Bret Hart. You know, yes. um, whatever whatever that guy had a kid who didn't know anything about nothing about the industry, you know, you know, Hulkamania and all that's going on. But I was like that guy. Yeah. And so when you know, my, and my younger brother who is bigger than me was pretty much always bigger than me, uh, played, uh, college. He was a college starting center in football. Um, you know, it was perfect. I was the hitman, and he was Anvil. Um, so oh, we were um, Hart, you know, Hart Foundation fans and Bret Hart fans in the beginning. Uh, and then, you know, as I learned more about it, it's like, oh, no, no, it is Bret Hart. He is, you know, now that I know more, it just cements that Bret Hart's the guy. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, little George and even into more adult George, uh, Bret Hart was that first guy. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So like Joe and I pretty much watched at the same time. I think maybe Joe, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. You might've gotten into it earlier than I did. I'm not sure, but it was definitely, I got into it in the eighties because my dad watched it. I was really young. My dad and my grandfather would watch it. And uh, my, either my dad or my grandfather would always get SummerSlam, the pay-per-view. And we would make like an annual thing, like, you know, we'll go to each other's houses, whoever's ordering the pay-per-view, we'll, we'll just go over there and just pretty much just have a big party mm. and always rooting for the good guys and, <laughs> and all that. Right. So, yeah. And yeah, so we, we, in my house, uh, you know, Tim is my brother. He's a lot younger than me. So he was just uh, barely born at this point, but my first ever pay-per-view was I'll tell you SummerSlam 92 when they did it in uh, Wembley Stadium. And oh, the, yeah. the final match was uh, British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. <clears throat> and of course, British Bulldog had to had to win, of course, you know, and that's totally fine because uh, I was a big Bret Hart fan as well. And so this was probably year like two of me loving wrestling. And it was really like the first time that I said, you know, I really like, I don't know, is my mom going to let me get a pay-per-view? We, we don't do that. We don't do pay-per-views. Right. Like, uh, like and I, I remember thinking about it and I was like, and I let a, a bunch of them go by. I was like, oh yeah, too bad we'll never get any of those. <clears throat> and um, SummerSlam was coming up and they were making such a big deal about it being in England and all this stuff. I, I wanted to see it so indescribably much like it was <laughs> just too much so i'm like okay i wonder if i can ask her i wonder if she's gonna it's not like my mom was a scary mean person or anything like <laughs> that it's just this is not something we did yeah um, right so i don't know i i asked her you know and i think at the time they were like what like 40 bucks or something it wasn't you know cheap you know for early 90s and uh and she's she's thought about it, and she's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Like, we, you we know what? No, we can't do that. <laughs> you and... know what, son? I've been thinking about it, and the interfamily play between Davy Boy Smith and Bret Hart and the sisters 
this is deep stuff. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, too. mom, you really thought a shitload about it. I don't this. think at the time that all that was well known. I don't think, I know I certainly didn't know that there was any relationship there or, you know, nobody really talked about the, the heart, uh, what are they called? Like the dungeon, the whatever, wherever yeah. Stu Hart cha- trains everybody up there in Calgary, Alberta. But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I was just excited. And, and, you know, we ended up getting it. It was uh, just me and my mom watched that whole SummerSlam. She had a great time and it turned into a normal thing. So like what Joe was just describing, uh, we ended up doing that too. We started to yes. like, okay, of course at the time it was, there was a lot fewer events. This was before like yeah. the, the whole, like in your house, things started to add mm-hmm. a pay-per-view every yeah, month this yeah. was like uh you know SummerSlam, royal rumble wrestlemania i think SummerSlam was kind of the new one at the time um only like three or four events a year so i don't know we, we yeah. were getting them all and it was it was really a fun few years there and joe and i were like really hardcore into it together yeah. like the same characters the same storylines we were yeah. always watching you know monday night raw and all those, all those different things. We actually and stuff. went to one with our parents on yep. school night. Oh, a raw, yeah, yeah, right. Was a raw. <clears throat> Ultimate Warrior was there. Yep. And uh, yeah, I I don't remember a ton from that raw, but I, I I've I've seen a few rest, wrestling events live. Our best our best ever. We did get to go to WrestleMania 14. Yes, that was that was the biggest. That was awesome. Yeah. And that was kind of at the end of where I started to pay attention to wrestling. So like at the yeah. end of the attitude era is kind of like where I checked out, not saying anything yeah. bad about the current era of wrestling. I just, I just no longer watch it, but there's a yeah. lot of years there, a whole decade of, of like fond memories that I just really look, look back on. And, you know, and I have to say like with how sad wrestling stories can be. And I don't know if people out there listening have, uh, I'm sure these our two guests have seen the show, but dark side of the ring is a really mm-hmm. amazing oh, yeah. docu series that's on Hulu. And uh, it's, it's, it's really tough for me to watch that show because there is something and I, it's almost indescribable. I'm not quite sure why wrestling stuff gets me, but every time we lose somebody, I'm, I'm very sad. I'm much more sad about wrestlers dying than celebrities for like actors or music celebrities too. Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions to that, but <clears throat> I think overall, like I tend to be very sad about wrestlers dying. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure why, but there's, there's a sadness there where I feel like they've been used and spat out. And it's kind of like what you're saying, George, where, you know, now people are looking towards it differently and they want to, they want the longevity back then. It's like, you know, the way Vince ran everything, it's like, you know, they're just, they're just things. They just use them up, you know, get them as pumped up as possible and as coked up as possible and send mm. them out there and, uh, and then toss them aside when they're, when they're used up. And uh, there, there aren't too many episodes of that show that I've gotten to actually see because it, I I'm very interested and I'm very, it, it's, it's an emotional toll to watch it yeah. um, for me. Yeah, and that, so, that, that's what I hear. That's why I've, I've never watched it. I, I, so I, I, I could handle it. I honestly really do want to see the Owen Hart episode, but we were watching the night he died and the, yeah. and Owen Hart specifically affects me a lot. So anytime yes. he comes up, it's it's very very seriously emotional for me, and still yeah, to this day, ruined my life. Yeah, that yeah. episode ruined my life for days. It was, yeah, so, it was not. It was it was tough. 
yeah so i'll i'll st- I'll stop talking but i mean somebody else talk but yeah i mean uh it, it there is something there there's something there's a component that uh, extra sadness for me that i i just i don't know i feel for these guys yeah um and stuff but yeah how, how does so you said dom you said that it ruins your life so yeah talk about talk about yeah that. no it, there's a couple episodes that really like they, they make you you just feel awful for days because uh, especially when you're talking about the one hard thing because you went through it you had memories attached to it you know you kind of remember where you were and it and it it, it like i said it's that deja vu emotional deja vu where you, mm. you you're back in the moment and and it sucks because it wasn't a great moment for and and then you almost feel like you probably you did you know on a maturity level you feel as beaten up as you would, you know, if you were a kid at that age or a young adult, whatever you were, you have that, you know, you kind of almost uh, emotionally degrade to that age again. And from for, for a couple of days, I swear, uh, the Benoit episode, yeah. I don't mm. think I finished. I don't think I could. Uh, I, uh, he was really one of my, you know, wrestling idols. And I, you know, I remember that that moment when I, you know, what came in from work and the TV was on and my friends were like, sit down and they, they took the TV off and they're like, sit down. And I remember that bad moment vividly. Yeah. And that was almost, that was almost like finding out a family member passed away. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I, and I get dry mouth just saying it right now. So yeah, for I, I remember that that day, how messed up it was. How crazy it was. Like so does, you know, his wife and son. Right. And then he killed himself. Right. And it's like, wow, that is just that's messed up. That's beyond the first really, taste really, of it that's was, tragic. That's really tragic. And the first look at it was, you know, really confusing. And then as time went on, um, it got more confusing because now you looked at it, well. Are we talking? It could very easily been steroids. It could very easily been CTE. Now we know. So yeah, you 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 don't know really if you how to feel about the actual person, Benoit. I mean, you know how to feel about the family. It's horrible tragedy. But are you right. are you angry with him? Do you, are you are you tragically sad for him as well? It, it's hard. It's hard. You almost feel guilty, feeling bad for him, but. You know, we may we may never really well no we, we not not may we will never know what really happened. We really won't. Right, right. That's why I know whenever someone mentions Chris Benoit, it's like, yeah, he was an awesome wrestler. I don't have anything negative to say about him because, you no, know, like you said, like we don't know what actually happened. In my what opinion, really, he what was really pissed technically me off. the best. He was the absolute best. What uh, really pissed you, me off? Into- what pissed me off is that Vince like totally like cut him out like after you know he died like he's like you know he's not gonna be in the the hall of fame yeah, but what like, can you we're do? not even mentioning yeah. him anymore but like, like what can you, you don't do even know the whole been. story it's like why are you cutting this guy out it's like it doesn't make sense at all it's, it's like it's, it's one of those dead. things it's well, one his of those business things is entirely oh, yeah. based on public image yeah. yes that's his whole company is 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 a fault not a fault but it's a projected public image and you just gotta, you just gotta close the door on anything like that, and 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 that's automatic. You almost expect that as someone, you know, familiar with wrestling. You kind of expect that. It's not cool, but it's what happens. Yeah, right. I've seen it on a smaller level. So, yeah, it makes sense, but I still hate it. <clears throat> I still think it sucks. 
if the wrestling jury uh, convicts you, you are, you're, you're mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Mm. It's a tough business. That's for sure. Mm. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. It's a really tough business. There's, there's tons of, tons of tragic stuff. Like, you know, it's been said we could talk about the the bad stuff for for hours, but uh, right. rather than do that, does uh, anybody want to share a, a memory that they loved, a match that they were really into, or something like that? Actually, I, I want to hear uh, Dominic's story about you want to you want to hear my story? Yes, okay, I have a yes. different perspective. We need, when we, I... need, we need a we need a happy story. <laughs> right, so when when Scott when Scott Hall passed, obviously, um, in my community, I'm involved in several you know small wrestling communities, and um. In that community, those communities, uh, it was a lot of people sharing stories where, you know, he used to make appearances at McCoy Stadium uh, with big time wrestling and people who call those memories or meeting him at, at a book signing or something of that nature. And I'm not someone who had a lot of those experiences at all with, you know, anything. I didn't go to those things. I didn't do that stuff. But when I was uh, young, I was very into the live shows. Pay-per-views really weren't even much of a... I don't even think they were a thing at this point. Because what I'm... The night I'm talking about was the Wrestling Classic in Providence Civic Center. My grandfather yeah. always took me. But my mom took me this time because he wasn't available. He might have been sick. Um, and my mom was about five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. And I was... I really wish I... I want to say I feel like it was kind of might have been slightly younger, but my primary wrestling exposure as far as seeing it on TV was these off-channel things me and my dad would watch. It was UCW and AWA, and they weren't they weren't they were territorial wrestling, but they weren't from New England territory. It was from more Western territory, but that's what I watched. Okay, John Michaels even came through there. Right, so uh, Sean Michaels, Diamond Dallas Page, he was a manager there. So a lot of those mm-hmm. people came through there, and I was at I was at this show, and um, a fight broke out in the in the crowd, and it was one of those where you just start seeing chairs moving, and they were the at that time they were the link chairs, they were the, like almost like school mm-hmm. chairs, and they had the metal. You know what I'm talking about? So yeah. the whole the wave of chairs just comes. And my mom disappeared. I don't see it. Oh, no. And what had happened was, now I noticed the two big dudes behind me because uh, I was a kid. <laughs> and um, one of them, he was a million feet tall. And there was this other small ball guy. And I realized that I saw kind of his head and I saw my mom's head and I go, okay, he grabbed my mom. And then these two giant hands grabbed me. And I go all the way up and I'm on the shoulders. <laughs> and I hear, you know, the guy says, you know, I got you. My friend's got your mom. Now, we know now that when, they, when they're negotiating with somebody, when they're looking to sign somebody, they would you know, actually, um, you know, they go to shows, right? They, 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 they get toured, they, they meet and greet, and they watch the show, and they, you know, maybe they talk to Vince or whatever after, right? I, we, I didn't know that. I don't think anybody really knew that back then. But as a kid, I didn't know that. So I had no idea that the guy, until... I actually got a good look at his face and I said, are you big Scott Hall? Because he was, uh, that's what he was. And he said, he looked at me and he smiled and he, he was very surprised. He's like, like, he didn't say, I can't believe you know, but he looked at me, smiled and did. <laughs> and I knew, I'm like, I knew it. And you know what's crazy? 
took me about, took me my dad looking over my shoulders. I'm watching Razor Ramon, maybe a couple years later. It took my dad looking over my shoulder and going, hey, look, that's Scott. Let's go home. That's that guy from the show. That's Scott Hall. I had no idea. Cool. I had no idea Razor was Scott Hall. Yep. That that's that's awesome. that's that's a real real goofy punchline, but that that's the punchline. That's the nice. real life punchline. I had no idea uh, until my the guy was sitting on his shoulder. And I sat on his shoulder for the whole show. Nice. Were, I knew who the bull little bull guy was, but they were really cool. They took care of us. Um, and I, you know, and I didn't. Uh, that was it. No autograph. No nothing. Just. Today, I probably would have got a selfie, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I was just, I thought it was crazy. It was crazy, yeah. For, for, for me and that, at that point in my life. Um, and it was funny. I would sit, that's the kind of wrestling nerd I was. I was like, consumed any wrestling I could at that point. Nice. And, and that's how I knew him. Very Otherwise, cool. I might not have even known. Yeah. I would have never known that. I might not have that story. Yeah. Now, That's how work out. <laughs> now, would you say awesome. that encounter made you decide that, that you wanted to be a wrestler? I don't know if it was that encounter. I don't know if it was that encounter. I think the minute I started consuming wrestling, I knew that at some point I wanted to try it. But I always had, you know, my dad is five foot six. Um I always had the thing that I was going to, you know, I like sports and like, but I never expected to be, you know, I didn't have that mindset that, oh, I'm going to be the NFL. Or I'm going to be the best, but I wanted to learn wrestling. I wanted to learn martial arts. I, that was just my interest. So yeah. I took it as that. I took it, I took it at face value. I've always kind of been that way. Um, my, it's, it's horrible. My best sports basketball. And I'm five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm also five foot four, about 180 pounds, and you know, a truck coming at you, um, <laughs> which is how I've always presented myself in the ring. It sounds like you're. It sounds like you're a bulldog, but maybe a pug. Maybe yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely like a pug. Well, my, the original character was the mongoose. Was that was the that was <laughs> the whole concept. Nice. Yeah, honey, yeah. That's appropriate. You should have jumped on that honey badger Right. Well, I was way before that, actually. And way before that. It was we're talking two thousand ish. Yeah, you were the original honey badger. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was the original honey. The mom. I, mean, I, I, I think technically the honey badger was the original honey badger, but but nobody knew. Nobody knew it. Dominic's over here. He's like, thing, right. you could have been like, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, like right. that could have been your tagline. My tagline was furry bastard. And that was my I was on my t-shirt. <laughs> I was the furry bastard. Yep. The furry just, bastard. It, yeah, it was, it was a little I don't I'm trying to think of a comparison, but it was a it was a little animalistic gimmick, like a little beastie type thing. Oh, you could have been Taz. Like it, it <laughs> kind of like pre, yeah, it was actually not that far from that era. Yeah. Right around the same time. It was like a, yeah, it was like a little a little less beefy Taz, I guess. You could look at it, <laughs> the original gimmick, but as Time went on, I learned more and more about the presentation of wrestling, and I'm more, I'm really a theater guy at heart, I'm a stage guy at heart, so um, I got into that aspect of it, and uh, the people that I worked with always really uh, wanted me to put forth character, and that was always more important, so that's how I really got into the, the polo power gimmick, and that was, nice. you know, I've had some really fun, fun times, because a lot of our audience 
when we, you know, we're, a lot of our filming was in these um, film studios type setups where you would only fit about maybe 60 people. So mm-hmm. the audience was your nearest and dearest best friends. So when you hit the outside of the ring, you were in everybody's lap. Yeah. And it was wonderful. And I've been in a few different kinds of environments. Um, I've been in an environment where a lot of guys like Tommaso Ciampa and, mm. and um, oh, Rhino's been through there, XWA and Warwick. But that's usually like a lot. That's a that's run by some guys who have always supported the local uh, the local wrestling community. And they uh, they will rent out that ring. And it's a real nice professional setup. It's a good arena. It probably suits fits about three, four hundred people. And um, that's always that's always been a nice place. And if uh, your company has the money, they usually will treat the wrestlers to a bag. My retirement match was there, and that was, and that's kind of what it is. And the community, we take care of each other, and we really try to have fun and put a good show on for our other friends that are watching us. You know, we're not out yeah. there in front of twelve hundred people. We're out there in front of 50, 60, 200, You know, so it's it's a little different experience. Uh, are you are you guys familiar with Beyond Wrestling? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Be- okay, you're a huge fan. Uh, have you ever been to see them in Providence, Rhode Island, by any chance? No, they, not Providence. They performed. So I actually I did a show for I want to say the company was oh it might have been MAW, um, Mass Anarchy Wrestling. I was I did that in Olneyville. And they had their film studio um, in a building where they had all kinds of like music studios and everything like that. And I performed the show there. And during one of the matches, my friend got badly concussed. Mm. But we had beyond tickets because it was uh, across the street at Club Fet. Yep. And so, so I dragged my poor concussed friend <laughs> to see the likes of JT Dunn and Ricochet, Biff Busick, who we know is only Lorcan now. And I'm probably missing a lot of good guys. Uh, Thatcher was there. Mm. And when you saw that show, you it was literally the ring was out in the middle of the, you know, the dance floor of the club there. And we were literally on, on top of the ring. The, 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 I got a pretty good spot. But the, the audience was literally on top of the ring. And it wasn't very packed. I don't know how, how many people there, but it was it's a swarm of people. There were several spots where the crowd was walked upon. It was a, it was a swarm of guys. <laughs> it was one of the balcony too. It, it was a really what one of my my favorite show experiences was just being pressed like 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 you're an old like nineties like Pantera show or something. You're just pressed up against the apron yeah. and guys are doing springboards in your face. Mm-hmm. And the coolest part about that is that's you know it's a it's a martial arts demonstration with a musical. Okay, that's what you're doing. <laughs> it really is. And to do that with people inches from you and pull it off, that is just that's the <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could that would be something I would love to do. We used to do practice sessions with the rest were surrounding the ring, and that was fun enough. But imagine a whole sea of people just inches from you as you perform that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't imagine. Very cool. The other side of it. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I love both sides. That's the thing. Yeah, hey, you know, we 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 have no, we don't judge uh, when people go both ways. It's totally it's your own choice. Uh, uh, it's a judgment free zone. 
Um, we love y'all. Thank you. And everybody can uh, just live their own life and be happy. It's awesome. Yeah, just be happy, right? So that's yeah. it. So, I don't like them. Yeah. so, so <laughs> on that note, so George, uh, before we get to the break, um, I want you to get to talk a little bit more. Do you, do you have a, uh, like a really special live story that you want to share at all? Like anything? Oh, that God. Really- um, this. <sighs> All right, I will, because because he is no longer with us, but this is a happy one. Um, went to some WWE pay per view. Um, well, I can't remember now if it was the Garden or Worcester. Um, and our seats got messed up, so we actually ended up in like one of the first rows. Um, you know, I still have wow. the commemorative chair from it. Uh, and this is this is when Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero were teaming up. Wow. Um, and they can and at this time, like Eddie, I mean, Eddie still is one of my favorite wrestlers. Okay. Um, so they they do their entrance um, and they come out first. And so they do their entrance. They say hello. And then, you know, they turn to the ramp and they kind of get into their OK fighting stance. The bad, you know, the bad guys are going to be coming out any second. And it got just quiet enough. And I shot up and screamed at the top of my lungs. Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler. And so (laughs) and so he's in his fighting. He's in his fighting stance. He just stands up, points at me, nods and goes back to his fighting stance. Nice. Nice. That is awesome. Um, And then after the break. Uh, if you want, I can tell you about going to Ring of Honor and getting splattered in blood. Please do. That oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that that's, that that sounds like a guartastic time. Sounds like a good night. <laughs> that is that is really crazy. That that's yes. that's awesome. That's that's always fun. You, you know, just that that little connection, and I think that that's what could be fun about live music yeah. too. Uh, right, you know, yeah. you, you you get there, and if you get, I I just still remember being. Uh, 15 years old and seeing skid row um, mm. way back um, when before before Sebastian Bach left the band and I remember Joe was at that concert too and we both yes. it was a skid row and Van Halen yes um, yeah. and we we both were there but we couldn't get seats together so we had like a, a like a 10th row uh, center and or like a 15th row center and this was at a at the time it was great woods in, mm-hmm. in uh, Mansfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and there was a second row, but all the way on the right. So we're like, Which all right, terrible seats, by the way. <laughs> so I, so what we decided is we'd switch. We're like, all right, we'll, yeah. you know, I was, I was second row for skid row. And then Joe took the second row for Van Hagar. And, yeah. uh, and we, <laughs> it was, it was really fun. And so I just remember I had this awesome moment just like that with a snake from from Skid Row. (laughs) And it was just fucking awesome. And like nobody else was going nuts around me. And I was just going insane. And Snake just kept like pointing at me and like, yeah, man, like pumping his face. I'm like, fuck yeah. And it's like, it's just the best, you know? And I mean, that is that is like the live excitement of a live event that you get with wrestling more so than other sporting events you know, when you're there. And I think, I think there is that, you know, crowd interaction that yeah. is such a big part of what makes wrestling special. I think we learned yeah. that. I think we absolutely learned that during the pandemic mm-hmm. where, you know, every, every company, you know, was doing everything they could to keep their ships moving 
um, and to keep the entertainment flowing. But the minute you took the audience out, you it just yeah. it wasn't professional wrestling anymore. Yeah, the yeah. wrestling and, was tough. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and Dominic, I'm sure you know. I mean, you know this firsthand on the receiving end. You know, especially at these smaller shows, um, that that audience interaction is is huge, and that's a moment where you can you know there when ECW relaunched under WWE. Uh, and the, and for a small amount of time, they were trying to do house shows. Um, yeah. You know, there's one moment again. You know, this this was in my I am the funniest person at the wrestling show uh, phase that lasted for a bit. I'm over. I'm over it now. It's a younger man's game. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, you know, this is this was CM Punk who again, we're all over the place. But like CM Punk is, you know, loved him in ROH. And now he's in WWF doing their version of ECW. And it's this little, again, some hockey rink. We're in the second row. And CM Punk is fighting somebody who is basically playing a vampire. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was Kevin, Kevin Thorne. Kevin Thorne, oh no. Yeah. yeah. So again, it was that era. And so again, it gets they're getting ready to lock up. And it gets quiet enough, which is, of course, when I'm like, oh, this is the time. This is George's moment. Everybody else is being quiet. This is when I shine. Um, so I just stand up and I go to see him. I just, hey, punk. And he looks at me. I'm like, stab him in the heart. And he looks at me and kind of makes a gesture of like stabbing in the heart. He's like, in the, in the heart? I'm like, in the heart. He's like, got it. Two thumbs up. And then he goes, you know. Um, you know, it, but, but again, that, the the, especially like I said, on these smaller shows that, there, yeah, there is this give and take that can, I love happen, it. you know, that you, that the audience hopefully for good can influence the match and the moment. Um, and one of the things that I'm really excited about now, and especially with AEW is, um, I got to go to their, their, their double or nothing or yeah, they, whatever it was, the all in show that kicked off all of this, you know, the one where the like, maybe, yeah, I think it was called all in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's been three or four years, which might as well be 20 years since that show happened. Um, But you know, the whole idea was like, maybe we can sell 10,000 tickets to this thing if we're lucky. And the servers crashed and they sold out in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it was amazing. Yeah. And after years wow. of, of going to WWE shows, and for a while, um, we were very lucky where we could snag front row seats. There was a time whenever like Raw or SmackDown ran through the garden, myself and my friends were in the front row camera side. Like we were on camera all night long. Hmm. Um and but what you kind of realize is like there's part of this crowd that wanted it to fail. Like they 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 weren't there for the right reasons. They were all they were walking in annoyed. They were looking for reasons to get more annoyed. And that was just the atmosphere. And then walking into this this all in show where the audience felt like they were just as responsible for making this happen as the wrestlers were. There was joy. 
there was there was an excitement there was a positive energy you could just feel that the vibe was we want everyone to do well we want this to be a great night for everybody hell yeah and, and yeah, that is something such an awesome feeling and it and again it, we hadn't had that for a while mm. um and it's what i'm really enjoying <clears throat> right now with AEW and Dominic mentioned this company beyond wrestling. Uh, I've been to a handful of their shows and what I've really noticed is that they have a core following that is showing up to this place to have a good time, not derail it, not take it over, but to have a good time. They want the wrestlers to be safe and have a good match. And there's just this vibe of like, you know, positivity. Um, and that, yeah, and that's that's what you know. I'm enjoying about this era of wrestling, where a lot, you know, a lot of ships are getting raised up, um, and people are getting chances to ply their trade, to learn, to grow their own audience, uh, and it seems like just more often than not, the audiences get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's it's making it enjoyable again. And I mean, I just hope the world continues to get safer and safer, and that more of these more shows can happen, um, and you know, more companies can succeed, and more wrestlers can learn and graduate. Right. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I I can pile on this topic a bit because I I firmly believe everything you just said. And like I said, my small community made up of a few other small communities. Um, we've always kind of, you know, had this support system. And I recently got together with a bunch of guys and we're, uh, a lot of us are going to start um, operating under a collaborative, you know, where we're all helping each other run shows and get bookings. And we all basically do it unofficially, but there's, there's a few guys that really have looked to me recently and said, you know, if you're going to be wrestling again, we'd really like to see you start promoting. And I don't really want to do that. But mm-hmm. what I would do, what I am happy to do is guide these guys. So where uh, it's the pro wrestling collective in the next few weeks and stuff, they'll start rolling out things where we'll be, you know, we'll have a, a web presence and people will see things. And it'll awesome. really, all it is, is a play, a support system for a small market independent wrestling. That's awesome. And that's all it is. And whatever it evolves into, um, I definitely want to have these guys run some shows. But right now, they're all involved in different companies. And, and, and what we're going to try to do is make sure that you know, they're supported. You know, something as simple as I got a booking. I can't, I don't have a ride. Well, you know what? I'm sure if one, one of the guys will will come up and say, hey, you know, and this already happens quite a lot, but this is, we're trying to build a network of this. Hey, I would, I would love to get a booking. Why don't, you know, why don't you, why don't I drive you up and maybe, you know, get a spot. And that happens a lot. That's always happened. But it's, it's better when there's a network for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that's something I'm trying to work on. And, you know, and if it works in this small area, then, you know, maybe other people will try and do it in other areas. And that's, that's, you know, organic. That's, that's, Flap and turn is the true spirit of the Brotherhood of Wrestling. And that's, right. that's something I'm really huge on. Awesome. Yeah, nurturing that community. The code, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> the code of the ring, yeah. Dominic, do you feel like the pandemic hastened some of that? Look, if we don't support each other, you know, like we are stronger if we start oh, supporting absolutely. each other? Absolutely. It was a death blow. I mean, that, like I said, it's actually, up until very recently, the, 
I had done nothing, commentary, wrestling, nothing uh, since the beginning of the pandemic until very recently. So mm. um, that's myself. I've seen other companies come back and I've you know been to some shows to see them and they've come back. But there was a long period of time where just nobody knew what to do because a lot of these places, so a lot of the place, the companies, RWA, Renegade Wrestling Alliance, who is one of the more prolific ones when it comes to putting out shows and getting, you know, getting people, getting people to wrestle, um, giving people opportunities. They, um, they rented a place month to month, right? They rented, yeah. they had a place where they went to and it was, it was there for them and that was part of the, how they were able to produce the product. They also rented out to companies like where I worked for as a commentator and a wrestler, MAW, and sometimes I think even Rhode Island Championship Wrestling. Um, they, they read it out to, to basically anybody within the community that wanted to. And, you know, they, you're basically paying them a portion of the rent using, because they had this you know, pre-established um, studio with the entrance and the ring and everything. But they're obviously not going to be paying rent if they can't be putting shows on or renting the place out. So yeah, really. they had to give that up. And um, it took them a while to get something going. Now they, I believe, do... Um, nice Columbus in East Providence. Uh, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug all these people because they deserve it. Um, but as it, as we go through, but yeah, they actually um, I, I've seen a couple shows recently. They have gotten back to a regular like monthly schedule, but it took a long ass time. Yeah. Yeah. When it all really went down. Oh, sorry. No, that was it. It really did. Okay. Yeah. Um, when it all went down. Um, you know, again, like before the pandemic. I had started looking, you know, enjoying going to the smaller shows, you know, the 200, 300, you know, Knights of Columbus type of shows, um, because like the talent just the, you know, the talent was just amazing. You know, 20 years ago, yeah, 20 years ago, you go to like, you know, a Knights of Columbus show. It was hit or miss. Like, you know, there were there were nights, some friends and I went, all right, you know, three or four matches. And it's like, all right, it's, it's time to go. Um, but now, you know, you're, you're seeing tremendous work. Um, and, you know, I was just finding more and more opportunities to support, you know, these smaller things. And I think it kind of goes back, you know, being in a band and being a writer of comic books, none of these make money. Um, but there <laughs> is, but there, but there is that need to create. And a bit of that need to perform that when you look at, at some of these companies, like some of the Dominic that you just mentioned, like that's the same DIY dirty love of the game reason. Oh, that yeah. I still, Yeah. That I still play music that I, you know, create the comics and the graphic novels that I do. Um, so I was kind of like really clocking that kinship and then it all went away. And that's my heart really yes. was breaking for, the people at that level like you know the 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 bigger ones you know they could still you know even if it was an empty arena they could still put on a show once a week but i was thinking about you know all these people like you know the the beyonds the limitlesses you know and you could just go on and on that they couldn't they couldn't do anything you know and these are the people that with each match with each training session they level up you know and they they weren't able to do that um look at ROH. Look at yeah. Ring of Honor right now. Yeah. No, they were dead to sell. Um, and to the point where um, so there's this wrestler for those that don't know, his name is Lance Storm. He is <laughs> a, 
he is a wrestler's wrestler. Like, Calgary. Yeah. Alberta, Canada. Um, he's just, he's like downright perfect um, when it comes to execution. And he's a hell of a teacher. Um, when the pandemic happened, he started doing these virtual training sessions where wrestlers could, you know, for whatever fee it was, could send him a tape of a match. He'd watch the match. He would give detailed notes and then they would get on zoom for like an hour and talk about it. Um, and it was tremendous. It was a way for, you know, again, these people who were losing out on that ability to learn a way to learn with one of the best. Mm. Um, and so I ended up, you know, there were a couple people that did it and I got kind of got swept up in it where, you know, people would just come in and just sponsor an, a, one of these sessions. You know, I, again, I don't remember if it was like a hundred, $150, whatever it was, but there were people who were like, look, I will, you know, I will give you the 150 bucks. Let some, you know, some, some indie wrestler who is probably living paycheck to paycheck doing whatever they do outside of wrestling who could never afford it, but will benefit so much from, you know, an hour, hour and a half talking to this guy. Um, and, you know, just, just a way to just, you know, again, help these, help these people, like I said, cause there's that, that kinship of, of just being a creator and knowing that like, you know, you might have big dreams, but like nobody gets into wrestling. Yeah. I, because you love it, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. at this level. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the love of the game and the passion that keeps you going. Uh, it's like yep. making any sort of art or anything like that. You know, you're yep. just, you're just in it to, to art for art's sake. It's wrestling for yep. wrestling's sake. You got to do right. it. You're and it, it is because art. you love it. And, and you hope that someone else loves it too. And you're not doing it because it's going to make you successful. It's just because the passion's there, and and yep. and you hope or you think that there's someone else out there that's that this resonates with, and you're like, look, I'm I, I am ultimately doing this for me, but if if I'm also inadvertently doing it for you too, then that's awesome. <laughs> and Dominic, right. I bet you have like a list of people who got in who you saw join up because they were going to make money. And didn't last. Nope. <laughs> didn't didn't last the first hot dog and a handshake, and the hot dog was rotten. Well, yeah, well, the that's the thing. Those guys don't get to me. <laughs> Those guys don't get in my community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I've seen guys. I mentioned JT Dunn. Guys that you know had that opportunity, and, and to, for lack of a better term, I call it doing it for a living. There's. They're doing it and they're doing it for a living. I'm, yeah. I'm never going to say make money, but at the point at which you can be just a wrestler, that is absolute success for most of these guys, right? Yeah. So JT Dunn had a shot at that. I, I, I think he's done he decent, but he he's not someone who was, you know, gold hunting. He, he started with his buddies at RWA and he busted his ass and he – had fun doing it. He loved every minute of it, and he did it for many hot dogs and many, many handshakes. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, you know, I take, I take pride in the fact that I've never accepted a dime. I've any anything that's been offered to me, I've put it back in the hands of either the you know, the workers, the refs, or the or the guy because mm-hmm. it, it just it's it's never been about that. Mm-hmm. It's never been about that. Yeah, 
right. You're just you're just doing it for the love of it, like we said. And you know, yeah. you know, that's a, a kind of similar and topical because uh, the same could be said of the retro reductible cephalopodcast. True. <laughs> Nailed uh, it. True. How Nailed many bills it. are we paying off of this? Uh, none. No. <laughs> Zero. No bills. No bills. Zero. Um, <laughs> so speaking of the retro doctor with several podcasts, we do have a uh, octoponder this to get to. And I know, Dominic, yes. you're only able to talk for a little bit more, not too much longer. So why don't we get to that before uh, that yes. I get too I long? In the yeah. Yeah. We are running kind of long. <laughs> So, so uh yeah this has been awesome so, no, yeah this, this has been, seriously been yeah. a, a fantastic discussion yeah great yeah, I, i'm loving this it's really yeah, cool. yeah. Um, i just want to make sure you get to weigh in on the question and get to talk a little bit in the second half don Absolutely. and if you gotta jump awesome. off if you gotta jump off no problem no problem at all yep yeah all right so it's about that time we're going to take a short break but before we do that we have something for you guys to octoponder so the Octoponder for this week is, who is your favorite wrestler? Just think about that for a little bit, and then we're just going to go on a short break or something. All right? So we'll just do that right now. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a Tooth Fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a Tooth Fairy and then some because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f- last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a, fuck- a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got to touch. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. Welcome back, everyone. So we posted this question on our Facebook page, which is, who is your favorite wrestler? And uh, as promised, we will, after we give our answers, I will read off your answers from our Facebook page. So we will start with our guests. Uh, Dominic, why don't you start off? Okay, I want to cut now you, when you, the way you phrase it is, who is your favorite wrestler? This is of all who time, right? Of all time. Of all, time. of all time, of all time, Ricky the, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, oh good nice. call. yeah, you know, that's fine because and, I hardly uh, hear anyone say him. 
ever. It's one of those, like you say, out of Georgia study that it's one of those artists, artists who um audience bonds, it's just something clicked. It was before he got they got a little silly with promoting him in W you know in um WWF at the time with the dragon things and all then the Hawaii vignettes. But I lived through that because I had already, you know, I'd already fallen love with that character, you know. So um, but I remember as a wrestling fan the great matches with him and Ric Flair, the hour-long matches with him and Ric Flair, which don't feel they feel like they're 10 minutes. They're you know. And he was technical as a performer. And I mean, I don't just mean as, you know, as, as his character. I mean, his arm drag is still <laughs> the benchmark to this day. Yeah. You never, ever, I don't care. You're never going to see another arm drag like that. Um, and his ability to sell it, his ability to put people over. I mean, those are things that I didn't know that I, like, I loved him then as a kid. And then as I, as I learned more about wrestling as an adult, I went, yeah, he really might have been the best. He's one of the best. Nice. A handful. handful nice. of guys like that. Great answer. Awesome. Great answer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. George, give us your pick. Oh, you bastards. You <laughs> absolute bastards. I have so many different eras of wrestling to pull from. Um, oh, damn it. All right, I'm going to lean into the retro part of the podcast and I will stick with Bret Hart. Awesome. Yeah. And awesome. you know, I and I think actually time is helping us all appreciate him even more. Yeah, you know, the number right. of wrestlers who are killing it today going like, "Oh yeah, Bret. Bret's the guy." Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um and yeah, speaking of Ricky, I mean, I think I think Ricky is so smooth People don't get how good he is. He makes it, what looks, it is. he makes it look so easy that you don't get how hard it is to make it look that easy. That's right. it. Yeah, that's, that's the formula. Awesome answer. Apid <laughs> um, Alchemy, I know you haven't, you know, watched any wrestling, but is there like, like anyone that, that you can think of that uh, you know, they kind of liked? Well, I mean, like when I was when I was a kid, like the the wrestling, um, you know, characters that always were eye catching to me were like the ones that had really a unique presence, like a, a unique kind of vibe or gimmick. And I don't know. I mean, I always gravitated towards the Undertaker. Yes. And like that's <laughs> just purely from a an aesthetic standpoint. You know, it's like he never just, bad answer. He no, looked I, badass. Yeah. He looked just really intimidating. And like, he was kind of one of those people that like, I don't know. I, I got introduced to wrestling as such a, a, at such a young age. Like you, you don't even know what to think of these people outside of their character. I was just like, th like, that's probably how this guy really is. Like this guy's just like <laughs> a fucking real life, like, you know, undead <laughs> guy. Like, like this guy is just like he really a is fucking, a dead man yeah he's a fucking zombie and uh and so i don't know he just he had the, the revenant yeah the right the <laughs> revenant exactly like he just had this intro and it was so fucking spooky and it was cool yeah. and i just i don't know like i definitely gravitated toward him i have good memories of uh seeing like at least mankind do some mm -hmm. pretty cool shit and and take a serious beating 
Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's just there. There's only a handful that I really remembered. Uh, and the other one that always stuck out to me, just as like a almost curiosity, was Goldust. I thought Goldust. Oh was yeah, weird, yeah. But also like just like I was like, well, I'm like, what this fucking dude's like his entire skin is gold. Like, what is this shit? Like, it was just weird. Yeah, he was um, very but- unique. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, m- memorable to, you know, to someone of a very young age where all I'm really comprehending is what I'm looking at. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of the ones that stuck out to me. But Undertaker, yeah. I guess, was, was super always... gifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess that's my two cents on that. Nice. That's 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 a good answer. Parasite Steve. <clears throat> hey, so, uh, well, my real answer is Bret Hart. Uh, so same as George. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Brett is just is just was always my hero. I, I don't know. He was mm-hmm. uh, he was always fun to watch. He was always you felt good about rooting for him. And one of my favorite things ever, which I don't think we've mentioned when we were especially when we were talking about the audience participation is he had, you know, one of the best gimmicks of all time pre his 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 uh, pre match ritual was, you know, he would come out, come on down to his music and he would always give his shiny glasses <laughs> to a kid. Right. And I always <laughs> felt like that was right. the most yeah. positive thing that any wrestler ever did. Like, it's awesome to like give high fives and everything, but can you, I always felt like, can you imagine how you would feel being that kid? It's like, it's like oh, right. a, world, a world series, you know, home run right. ball or something. I mean, <laughs> just absolutely nuts. So anyway, Brett, a hundred percent. I also want to give some shout outs to, there were a lot of wrestlers that I liked in certain eras when they were in certain storylines. I mean, yeah. I always loved the taker. Um, I really, really dug um, the storylines with Kane uh, when he first came out and he had the Dr. Doom mask and like, you know, oh, yeah. that yeah. was so at the same time, it was, it was very silly and yet the funnest thing ever. It's like, this is when I was, you know, a hundred percent, you know, not trying to trick myself. Cause you know, when I was little, it's like, no, no, it's real. Um, no, it's not. No, it is. I'm pretending it's real, though. You know. And then at that point, it was. You know, I was older. I wasn't worried about that at all anymore. And it was just so silly, but just just fun. And uh, remember, like they would when they were introducing Kane. It was a while before he showed up, and they would have him like. I remember there was one one match where where he like a hand came up from from the uh the mat and like pulled whatever wrestler down under under the mat, and they're like, oh, he's he's. he's he went to hell. He, Jim Ross is going out. Hey, he pulled him right to hell. It's like no, he's underneath <laughs> the mat, Jim. He's fine. They're just they're no, just crouching. He's in hell. <laughs> they're crouching right now, waiting for the match to be done. But um, just so funny. Anyway, so I loved Kane when he was like in that era, and that was like the. Uh, <clears throat> it's also special because WrestleMania 14 was the first time that they fought. Yes. So. That was really, really cool. Uh, and I just really loved that era. And I also really loved the the era of uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. That was a big mm. one for me. I really loved that the, that pairing. And, the, you know, of course, they have to, you know, keep turning Shawn heel and he would, you know, keep doing his back and forth thing because that was right before, you know, the whole the Generation X thing. And mm-hmm. and he he was he was just, you know, always back and forth with whoever he was friends with. That was like Shawn Michaels. Thing. Was a good rival for him. Yeah. But, 
I loved Diesel when like I'd never seen Kevin Nash before. Uh, well, I had seen him as Super Shredder in Turtles too, but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I didn't know who he was. He was just really tall and cool. And at first, he was just quote unquote Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. And then mm-hmm. later, right. he was like, "Well, I'll, I'll wrestle too. I'll beat your ass down." And he was just so big and uh, just cool as hell. And he had this one. I'll bring it back to Bret Hart. There was this one match that they had. And I don't think that they had wrestled before. Um, and I, they were they were like my two favorites at the time. And I remember uh, Nash had this really funny or Diesel had this really funny line where he's just doing his like, you know, interview and he's just t- they're doing the smack talk. And he's just he, they weren't really that mean to each other in that particular <laughs> era because they were kind of both faces, I guess. And yeah. I think Diesel might have been defending the championship belt maybe I, I don't remember but i remember that they hadn't they hadn't fought before and diesel said something like uh he's like come on man brett how long you've been getting away with wearing black and pink for huh come on brother <laughs> he's like black and chrome now those are a man's colors <laughs> <laughs> and i just remember thinking like wow is chrome a color <laughs> is that on the rainbow somewhere is that just hiding behind puce i don't know but uh i thought that was uh pretty fun so that's my very long-winded answer nice 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 mine uh my my favorites um i would have to go with uh the undertaker mm-hmm. like like what what tim said you know he's just very dark and ominous and his entrance is like really creepy and everything and i just loved uh paul bearer would walk him down the aisle with the paul bearer is such a funny name so funny. it really so is good. it really is and I, I loved i loved you no know, paul bearer like get, getting in the ring he opens up the urn and it's, it's yeah. like obviously there's a flashlight in there he's like, <laughs> <"Yeah>. like, <laughs> like coming out he's all like with this with this with his whatever O face, like like moving around, very oh, surprised so that there's energy. a flashlight yeah. in there. Yeah, you did not remember putting it there. And <laughs> 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 and my my other yeah, favorite... he had the shock sex foul face makeup. It was yep. awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my my other favorite um is the Ultimate Warrior because I just loved how hyper he was. Mm-hmm. And I know he's like right, right up to like you no know, all four ends of the of the rings, just <laughs> shaking the the top row, just like thrashing away. It's like, oh, this guy is awesome. And uh, <laughs> then you find out that he was taking steroids. But anyways, I still yeah, like them. I mean, who wasn't? Who wasn't? Who wasn't? Find yeah, out. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a dark side of the ring about it. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, but you know the uh, comic book guy from South Park would say to the Ultimate worst wrestler ever, ever. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was really. I mean, most wrestlers in the era really did really had a rough time uh, wrestling with him. Yeah. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. So he was he just was really playing. unbridled, like uh, you know, wasn't super trained because he they basically pulled him out of the gym because he, you know, he, he and he was and he got a little cocky, and a lot of guys have that kind of thing where they you know, they figure well I can. You know, I can muckle you around in real life, so I'm gonna muckle you around the ring. And sometimes that doesn't go over very well. Gotcha. And, and right, right. There's gotcha. a whole different like I said, catch wrestling is an entire different animal. And you can be the biggest, strongest guy, but if I have you on your face, 
I can put you in a fake hole that's going to make you not sleep well for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, seriously. Right, right. My, nice. I see, uh, might appreciate this. My current finishing move is called the Ugly Butterfly. It's a variation of it. It's a double chicken wing with a body scissor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The Ugly Butterfly. Ugly Butterfly. <laughs> Very cool. Beautiful. All right, we, we got nice. some retroid answers to get to yes, too. Before yes, we those were our I want to hear some of these. I'll, I'll jump up after these after some of these, but I want to hear this. Yeah. So we have a quite a few responses from our Facebook page. Um, Gail Vadala Dunbar, aka my mom. Uh, <laughs> hey mom. Hi mom. Mom. In stereo. Hey mom. mom. Um, she says the ultimate warrior, which I knew she would say, because it's a funny, <laughs> there's a funny story behind that. Um, when, when I was younger, um, I always said that the ultimate warrior was really my father. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I mean, I don't know if that hurt my dad at all, but he seemed to like, you know, laugh at it. Um, I mean, I, like, I love my dad. I, I love my dad. I love mm-hmm. my dad. So yeah, that's he, the best. Did you imagine the Ultimate Warrior promo when he's telling you he's his father? So much snorting. I am your baby daddy. <laughs> Dominic is like the master of snorting. Like every time he laughs, he snorts. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Joe goes out of his way to try to make you laugh just to hear me snort. It's true. I do. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Josh Neela says, such a hard question to answer. For me, Macho Man is one of my favorites mm-hmm. of all time, yes. if not the GOAT. I think Tatanka doesn't get the credit he deserves. <laughs> also, <laughs> one of my favorites, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Goldberg yeah. is up there. That's so a hell of a, that's a, hell of a list. That's a hell yeah. of a list. That's that's a hell of a list for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Kneep Jr. says, Taka... <laughs> Michinoku. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember who who is he? I totally Taka remember Michinoku. that name. He's evil indeed. So I forget what he was in um in WWE. I was talking Michinoku, but he and um another guy, they were a tag team, and I forget what they actually called them. But he is he was a Japanese legend uh, at a relatively young age in his career, and he has mm-hmm. his own promotion out there. Um, the Mishinoku driver, which is a move where you uh, pick a guy up, it's relatively common now, and you slam him with a sit-out, you know, in between your legs. Um, that's his move. And um, I know his career was not that huge uh, when when he was in WWE. I do he remember this guy. I totally remember career. that game. I, I do he totally was, remember He was one game. of the first cruiserweights uh, in yeah. WWE, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How come Mishinoku? Oh, what the heck? And they had that gimmick for a while. Um, it was kind of a goofy gimmick where uh, they were they were heels, but they were likable heels, and they did they used to do this thing where they they do something, and they'd say, "Why do we do it? Because we're evil." And one guy would say, "Evil," and one guy would say, "Indeed." It was corny, but Funaki. Funaki, thank you. It was yes. it was Funaki. Yes. Funaki yeah. and Taka, Taka and Funaki, but that's Taka Mishinoku. Okay, I just I just looked him up, and yeah, I totally remember him now. I just couldn't yeah. like I remember the the name, but I just could not get the face. Like yeah. I could not picture yeah. the face. All it's like it was oh, kind of goony looking. Yeah, both yeah. of them were. Yeah, for sure. Um, Michelle Sakura says the Undertaker, to which I reply, correct answer. <laughs> um, Christopher Hader says, although it may be a little controversial, 
and he just beat out Piper for this. It's CM Punk. I never mm-hmm. popped more for a pro wrestler than I have for him. Followed oh. his whole career from ROH to yeah. now. And then he goes, <clears throat> yeah, even his terrible UFC run, quote unquote. And he says he freaking loves that dude. So I'm not always familiar with CM Punk. I mean, I know who he is, but I've never like actually the best, seen him wrestle. The best improvisational performer um, mm. I've ever seen. Mm. As far as, I mean, there's actually a guy up there, people who hate me for this. There's a guy up there right now. I'll tell you who he is in a second. But um, CM Punk, um, his capacity to, as you, uh, your experience, was it George or what the experience of CM Punk? Was it George? Me, yeah. Uh, yes. So that experience is very yeah. typical of CM Punk's career. He knew how to interact with the fans. He knew when to interact with the yeah. mass of the fans and when to interact with an individual fan that he knew he could let a whip. Um, the pipe bomb is a real thing. His ability... Dude, do that shooty kind of promo and make it yeah. stick. I mean, that's rare to, because people try it and it sucks when you feel other yeah. people try it. <laughs> yeah, that everybody learned the wrong thing from the pipe bomb. Uh, so say the, the real controversial guy I like as far as I'm saying improvisational guys is Roman Reigns. He okay. is check out it. Say something like look up one of these days, Roman Reigns talking smack, and someone <laughs> records from a live close and stuff you don't necessarily catch on the on the mic from the show but the crap he talks to the fans and the ref and the guy is just <laughs> amazing and it's yeah. cm punk like and that's why i you know that that's why i say i don't i'm not a the reigns guy but i can't argue that he's up there and i i do value that that skill yeah i mean yeah, that's that's great you, know, you can you can recognize the talent you can recognize the ability and you know it doesn't mean you have to like the guy but yeah Respect, absolutely. For, for YouTube dive, uh, I really recommend you uh, just YouTube search "Insane Dick Lane." Don't ask any other questions. "Insane Dick Lane" and just enjoy the ride. <laughs> and he's an amazing local guy. He's actually on a break right now. He's dealing with family stuff, but he, over the last five years, has been one of the most entertaining guys. If there's even an "Insane Dick Lane" versus uh, Polo Power, "Insane Dick there. Lane." Insane decline. <laughs> that sounds like where Joe wants to live. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Don't tell them that. Those are secrets. I mean, was, what are you, secret? The cat is way out of that bag. Oh my, oh, yeah. my god! The cat doesn't even remember the bag. We way to go, cat meat Sven. bag. God, <laughs> the cat is like out of the duffel bag now. Fuck. Uh, insane Dick Lane, Northeast Championship Wrestling. Mm. Yeah, he's oh, he's very easy to yeah. There's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of uh, options out there to take a look at him. Very cool. Very nice, cool. Nice. Adam Letourneau says the Rockers were my favorite tag team ever. Oh, nice. Yes. Holy shit. Love them. He they says I remember them jumping from AWA to WWF and loved AWA. Yep, AWA, and loved how good of I don't know if this is like a typo. He says good of workers both michaels and janity were uh he doesn't wrestle anymore right janity janetti janetti um i think he'll show up every yeah i think he'll show up every now and then to like be a legend but as far as like wrestling wrestling like oh i like you're 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 kind of going to see what the clusterfuck might be not you know not the greatness that will follow and he and he's still living pretty hard. 
Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's that's yeah. what I hear. That's why I was like wondering if he even wrestles at all. Because I know he's been having a pretty The scuttlebutt is he still I don't think I don't think people would be super interested in booking him at whatever, you know, the rate he probably yeah. so yeah, right. not, that's right. probably not, you know, he's yeah. not at that point. It happens a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh he also continues <clears throat> with great high flying fast moves in the land of the giants. When they split, I followed them both and was <laughs> thrilled when Michaels came back after WM 14, which is WrestleMania 14, mm-hmm. barely ended his career. And when uh uh Genity, I, I keep saying Genity, my god, it's Genetti. Genetti, thank Marty you. Marty Damn it, I'm so stupid. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways. He came back for the one night for the, the, the Rockers yeah. reunion on Raw and said that Marty couldn't keep his life, life straight and but glad that Michaels you know, had his career for as long as he did. Um, excited for this episode. Thank you. And uh, he said he still watches wrestling from time to time and loved it as a kid. And he says, if you talk about best wrestling games of the eight in 16-bit era, oh. NES Pro Wrestling is still the best yeah. side offering. Though Super Fire Pro Wrestling X Premium is the best of them all. Much love, gents. Thank you, Adam. We love you too. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Um, I, plus, I want to say, I want to add that Adam is also a drummer for the 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 the, the party band. He said. He said. She said. That's right. So three three time Worcester, Massachusetts best band of the year. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's nice. right. Phil Conti says, I caught wrestling fever in the mid 80s. My favorites were Demolition. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> please. Uh, but I loved all the random characters. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Co- Coco Beware, Million Dollar <laughs> Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jake the Snake, Honky Tonk Man, etc. Then he continues with, I think my favorite favorite WrestleMania was mega powers explode yeah oh my god yes oh wow really what oh macho and hogan yes lust in your eyes lust in your eyes (laughs) oh my god yes fantastic um and lastly and certainly not least uh, Jason Lewis says, easily the Undertaker with Mick Foley, a very close second. Legion of Doom, fuck yes. Uh, take my vote for best tag team. If I had to pick a stable, I'd have to go with DX for sure. Hmm. Love DX. <clears throat> Not when they came back the second time. It was kind of like awkward when they came back for the second time. But yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for those awesome answers. And yeah, uh, yeah so... Uh, if you want, please check out our Facebook page. It's a pretty happening group. Um, we are, I think we're kind of close to 900 members. Nice. By, uh, Something like that. Okay, so we're, we're at 8, 873 right now. So that's cool. Which and, is close uh, to 900. When you round oh, it. Close yeah, yeah, rounding rounding is a thing. Yeah, I love rounding. I like rounding. It's always fun. <laughs> um, Been a big fan. Fun. Yes, absolutely. And also we are on Twitter which is at Redoctopus, or you can always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Or, or a rating, which is also amazing, on our host site, which is Pinecast. Um, and uh, yeah, so thanks for those awesome ponderings. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Right. So... <laughs> 
And Dom, if you have to, if you have to jump off, that's no yes. problem. We I, understand. I am going to run off. I really thank you guys. I'll be, uh, I'll be happy to come back if you guys will have me. Wrestling isn't the only thing I love, so um, please. It was great talking to all you guys, and I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoys this. So yeah, remember before, that, before you go, do you want really do you want to uh, do another promotion? Do you want to promote uh, anything at all? Anything? Yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah well, I talked about wrestling, so let's everybody remember. You know, really, just right now, the best ways. You know, if you see you see one of these companies doing a show, you know, to go to that show instead of you know spending fifty bucks on a pay per view that's going to suck. You know what I mean? That that's one yes. thing I want to say. No companies, RWA, Rhode Island Championship Wrestling is coming back soon. Um, look out for the Pro Wrestling Collective. Look out for obviously Beyond Wrestling is some, you know, they're they're all over the place. They tour, but if you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, those are the companies. And I did forget there's there's someone else I really like to uh, another company I like to really it's not wrestling, and that's uh um, Power Act Entertainment. They, um, I actually did a film for them a while back. You can see on uh, Prime. It's called Alternate Ground. But the guy, Daniel Groom, the director, he's just, you want to see his movies and his short films now because then you can say, I saw them when he's directing Blockbusters because the guy's an amazing director. Um, and it's Alternate Ground, Power Act Entertainment. They, I think they have a little, little, little spot on Prime. And that's definitely a, uh, a company to uh, look out for. And Great, great films, thrillers. Um, the one I'm in alternate ground is an alien thriller, so um, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks again. Be well, everybody. Yes. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Stay, for, thanks, thanks a lot. Take care. You know, I just have to say that was the first time that we asked a guest to promote themselves, and instead, they didn't promote themselves, they promoted the medium that they love. He didn't say, I'm going to be at this thing. Go see me. He said, if you have the opportunity to check out local live wrestling, please go support it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. That That is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I just had to I had to point that out because that is the first time that's ever happened. And I think that uh, that's just great. That's just great. The man, the man loves his wrestling. Man, man loves his wrestling. Yeah, I'm glad he was able to come on. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, uh, I love, I love all the interactions with uh, that you were able to have George too with him. That was really cool. You obviously, I mean, you're more knowledgeable than us by far with all these smaller companies. Um, (laughs) I did, I did want to just, just kind of attach myself to a little, little comment I heard you make when Joe mentioned the wrestling video games. You kind of made like a like a happy sigh like a yummy oh sound. yeah yeah it was like a yummy sound it was oh, like i yeah. mean it's it was do you want to talk about wrestling video games God, you know i i'm gonna blank on them um but like yeah the, there's they're classic ones that like you, there's always for each era right like every seven or ten year pocket maybe smaller maybe every five to seven years there'd be a game that just got it right and captured that moment you know uh that nintendo wrestling game i 100 remember spending so much time in my basement 
trying to move forward um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe getting past the second or third wrestler, never getting near the end, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but, but so, you know, the, the lizard chopping your head and all of that stuff, like, yeah, Oh, burned. Yeah. I don't remember anything about second grade, but I remember that lizard character chomping my head endlessly. Um, right. And, and I have a visceral rem- visceral reaction of frustration like joy i don't know joyous frustration and maybe that's the name of my new album um <laughs> there you go <laughs> of, of playing that game that that uh, just sounds like your sex life george <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, thought, I thought we were having a good time and we are having a good time sometimes oh it's, at a, it's at your expense that's all <laughs> um so i'm trying to think um other ones that jump out like you know uh, there was a uh, WCW versus NWO, oh, which, yeah. um, yep. and I am blanking on which system that was. I think it was, uh, it was, it was on the PlayStation and N64. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, that was, you know, at the time you're like, look at these graphics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. The sound is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. But, you know, I remember, but that was, you know, again, just like one of those games that just played over and over again. I'm 100% gonna, it had to be one of the first Xbox WWE or maybe PlayStation wrestling games because it's when you could connect, like you could burn your own music onto it, and it was, oh. and you so you could customize it so your own music could be your entrance. And, you know, at this time, I'm in a yeah. band with other wrestling fans. So, of course, all of our guys were coming out to our own songs, you know, <laughs> right, um, right, right. and the pyro and all of that. Um, oh, so much time, you know, spent like hours customizing your character and your perfect entrance and trying to go, well, which song? No, no, no. This song doesn't hit at the right spot at the right time. Flip it, you know, going through it all. Um, and of course, somehow white zombie Rob Zombie always worked perfectly. Of course, um, no matter no matter who no matter who it was, um, <laughs> like Thunder Kiss and yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those things that you know, un- unfortunately, I, you know, growing older and juggling more things, um, video gaming has been the one that has probably taken the most time away from it. Um, but I am always hoping that whatever the next wrestling game comes out that it'll be the right mix to bring me back in mm-hmm. you know whether it's the gm mode or the story mode um yes. and especially now where everything like cross-platform it's like if you don't have cross-platform there's something wrong with you right like it's it's yeah, it's like right. it's it's a must-have at this point so to be able to you know the right game to re- be able for me to reconnect with all my friends who I love dearly. But, you know, again, gentlemen of a certain age, mm-hmm. um, we cannot get together and spend all night into the wee mornings playing video games anymore. I mean, you know, we, but, we, can. Uh, we could, we but can. boy, do we suffer. Yes, um, <laughs> you need it. Yeah, you stay up all night playing a video game, yeah. and you need about three weeks recovery. I'm gonna need about two, three weeks. Yeah, need about um, two, three weeks to get those eight hours back. 
but you know, if the right game can come through and with cross platform to be able to use the, you know, the, the wrestling video games and the joy of not only the art form of wrestling, but also the, the connection that video games literally and figuratively provide, you know, that's, that's all I want. You know, um, a chance to recapture some of those moments a little bit and a chance to, you know, just keep friendships fresh and and not let them get dusty. Mm. Speaking of friendships, uh, the the wrestling game that that means the the most to me. (laughs) Again, friendship again was uh, the (laughs) WWF WrestleMania arcade game. Oh yeah! Way back in '95, this was the game that basically looked like Mortal Kombat, and it was using the same uh, sort of capture technology where they actually recorded um, the actual wrestlers, just like the Mortal Kombat actors. So they looked like real people, and it was amazing. And it was it was it played up the silliness of it too, like you know, because you could like you couldn't like shoot fireballs or anything, but like certain characters could do certain things like Bam Bam Bigelow, his fists could catch on fire. Yeah. And uh, you could yeah. make people bleed silly things. Like it wasn't blood, but like uh, if Bret Hart would bleed like hearts. Hearts. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And like Lex Luger would bleed dumbbells. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> it was just silly. So you could, oh, you could, um, perfect. you could choose from eight playable characters. It was Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramal, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna. Can you believe it? Yeah. Uh, Doink yeah, the Clown that. and Lex Luger. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a and no hell. Hulk Hogan. No Hulk Hogan at all. No, he was not gone. at that time. No, he was gone. Yeah. He was WCW. He was Hollywood right, yeah. at that yeah, point. Right. But I mean, that was that was a really, really fun fun wrestling game i didn't really play too many of the later ones but i know lots of people loved various ones on the n64 i remember being in college and there was a a number that came out and people were just like all about them but um yeah the n64 was like the king of wrestling games i feel like there was no bigger presence or concentration of like wrestling you know video games the right timing for it the n64 was super popular it's like mm-hmm. blockbusters half the shelf was like wrestling games. oh, much, oh yeah, my god much, yeah. you guys are like dusting off some memories i haven't <laughs> thought that's of. what we and do just, that's what we do just coming back with just visceral react like emotional reaction <laughs> that's what we do uh, right, right. we, we get yeah, visceral like, with our words but you know <laughs> you're, you're kind of talking about you know that that golden age it was also when like the war was on between WCW and WWF. Yeah, they were, that's right. They yeah, were, they right. were, you know, both their big ass companies. Yeah. You know, it was like so raw versus had, nitro, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yep. then you had other weird ones. Cause I'm, you know, maybe you guys are doing it too. I, you know, i remember virtual pro wrestling. Um, and I think that was like, right. Maybe like eBay had started coming out. So, you know, that opened up a whole new like wrestling world for me of finding these games um, or, you know, the, the classic like go to the flea market and just find, you know, $10, $15 games on somebody's table. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was great. And the uh, ECW had their own game. Yeah. So virtual wow. pro wrestling, that was N64. Yep. yep. 
Yeah, I remember yeah, play, that. You know, and, again, and PlayStation like, as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're never gonna top these graphics. No way. Oh, never. <laughs> God. I know. I know. It's like peak, peak. Uh, you know, graphics. You got these polygonal re- wrestling guys, and then you you look at the the trailer for. Uh, the, the one I keep hearing people talking about this week, I think just came out, is WWE 2K22. Yep. Yep. And yeah. I mean, holy shit. Like, that game looks so insane. It looks so, like, photorealistic. It's it's just ins- insanity. Yeah. You know, it's like, it has approached levels of, like, you know, again, you ask, where do, where do graphics go from here to capture realism further? <laughs> but, like, we, we've said it so many times throughout throughout the years and, and it always gets closer and closer um but you know at this point i feel like we're really rounding like that final corner here yeah and pe- people seem to be pretty positive on that one which is i guess good to hear for for fans of uh, wrestling games because uh, the 2k20 game was apparently a trash fire yes and yeah that's really 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 left a bad impression for people so i guess this one kind of brought back some uh you know some faith. good faith there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, I I'm uh, I just looked this up, and you know this is what's so great about being able to do a video game because you get to take control out of literally any era, anybody they can get the license for, you can take control of them. They can they can program in the version that you want mm. from whatever era you loved. <clears throat> I'm looking at a cover for this game that shows the Wolfpack NWO. It's it's uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hollywood Hogan, and X Pac. Uh, was he in the NWO? Yes, I don't, he was. Yes, yes. I don't remember. He was that. the he was the sixth member, which is how he got his sixth name. See, that's funny. I, I thought he yeah. was the one, two, three kid, and it was one plus two plus three. Oh, oh, so now we're gonna dive into his his lore. Okay, cool. So he came <laughs> in, so he, he was the lightning kid. Yes, yeah. and like I remember that, like yeah. global championship wrestling, maybe like Texas, I think it was Texas based. So then he came into the WWE with really no name. And then one night he shocked the world and beat Razor Ramon. This right. yes. total yes. jobber yep. beat Razor Ramon. And that's how he became the one, two, one, three, two three kid. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. And remember that he was he was yeah. the fifth member of the clique, basically, which was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Uh, but he was there as well. Right, but that, but he, but Razor Ramon is WWF at the time, so that was Correct. WWF. I just didn't remember that he went over to D, to WCW. Yes, the NWO was WCW. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. they have NWO. Did they buy everything that was WCW? Yes. Do they own everything now? When yeah, when WCW went under, uh, Vince bought everything. So he just owns all every version of every freaking yes. character. Yes. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. I mean, that is really, really cool. I loved, I loved that era of WCW too so much. I loved yeah. it. Was I loved the NWO, and it was like Sting was still the one holdout. He was the hero. Yep. And then, do you remember when he, when he, he fucking joined them for like two seconds, and he had red face paint. Yep. Yes. NWO yep. Wolfpack. That was yep. so badass. And I remember that was like his deal was he's like, I'm gonna be happy. He was like with the red face paint. He Sting came out and he was all smiles all the time, and it was so weird to see that because he hadn't smiled basically since he he adopted the white face paint. He was all like, "Cause it's just the it's just obviously the crow, 
is the inspiration and so he's like <laughs> right. all very serious i think that, that's was, what drew me to him in the first place just because of that yeah because before that he just kind of looked like the ultimate like warrior a, face paint sort of but with like stupid bleach blonde spiky hair and right. he changed so <laughs> drastically when he when he had that remake but uh yeah. I, I i mean we haven't talked about wcw enough but i mean sting i love sting sting is yes. fucking mm-hmm. great yeah yeah he still wrestles I, too right yes I, I, that's, that's insane. He, he is yeah, uh, he right, is one right. of the more expensive autographs that I've seen at, at cons. Um, <laughs> he is a lot more than a Ted DiBiase is what I'll say. <laughs> wow. That sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, he, he was awesome. I loved staying. Um, yeah. Lots of people did. You know, I, I have to, I have to mention it because he hasn't been brought up. No one's brought up Piper. Why, how, oh, yeah. How has it been this long Piper. in the episode? And we haven't talked about fucking Roddy, Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. So my <laughs> wife, if, if she had a choice, it would of her favorite wrestler because she doesn't like wrestling at fucking all. It would be Roddy, Roddy Piper. <laughs> and it's because they live is like her favorite movie. <laughs> so right. um, Rowdy, Roddy Piper was yep. the shit. And a uh, legend. I'm, I'm very, very happy. Uh, I always get to say I, I got to meet him. Um, great interaction with him. He, I have a signed poster from him, uh, from they live. And, um, my wife and I met him five months before he passed away. Mm. It was, it was at rock and shock, uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And, um, it was crazy. He's one of those guys who, um, it's sort of, he was unfazed by the length of his line. And at this particular time, uh, the big guest, was actually like this year, the big guest was, um, it was basically all the child's play guys. So, you know, Brad Dourif was there, his daughter, um, the kid who was Andy, um, all, all the, I don't know, at least them three. I, I don't know. I don't remember if there was anybody else, but they had, they had a doll and you could buy like a, a big, you know, photograph with everybody in the doll and all the stuff. And that was like the big gimmick for that year. And, uh, I'm telling you, like, other than Brad Dourif, like, it was just that the line was all rowdy. Like, nobody was in <laughs> anybody else's line. And Rowdy's line was freaking humongous. <clears throat> and he kept, like, leaving to do photo stuff, and then he would come back. And now we were just waiting. We're just, there was a huge line, but we're just like, whatever, let's just keep waiting. Who cares? And we we're kind of close to the beginning of the line, but it had really grown behind us. And, uh, he comes back and he's like, okay, okay, let's do it. Okay, okay, okay. And he's like full energy, <laughs> like full youthful energy. And he was wearing a shirt that said villain. And, uh, you know, the, he couldn't have been farther from a villain this day. Uh, he absolutely spent like five plus minutes with every single person in that line. So it just kept getting longer and longer and he just didn't care. He just wasn't going to skimp out on each individual interaction. And when we, when we got to him, you know, we were, you know, you know, I have one regret. I going there. I, I was like thinking we should bring him bubblegum. That would be so funny. (laughs) And then I could say, I could say, (laughs) I I heard you were out, you know, (laughs) fix him up. I heard you were out. Um, And I know ne- I didn't do that. And I regret it to this day. I wish I had done that. Um, I wish so hard I had done that. 
but um, he was he was very nice. He hit on my wife, uh, which is cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, he was so friendly, so genuine, a lot shorter than I thought. I, mm. I really just it's, right. he was kind of like my height and I'm like barely 5'10 and I really thought he was taller, but he was uh, he was really so awesome. We talked about they live. We talked about he's like, you know, he's like, you know, uh, it's crazy. You know, these uh, these people today, even, you know, they uh, they talk about these uh, these like these lizard people. It's kind of like in this movie, like people really like believe this shit, man. Like it's really it's really I, I didn't know that at the time. But like, uh, yeah, it's like really crazy. You guys ever heard about this? Or these people believe this like lizard people like you're like trying to secretly take over the, the earth. You know about this? And we're like laughing. And Christine and I like know all about that stuff. And we've seen Iron Sky. OK, like, we, <laughs> we know there are moon Nazis and uh and like, oh my God, so, so goddamn funny. But um, yeah, so, so anyway, that's my rowdy story. We, we really, he had to be brought up. I was, I was afraid course, the yeah. whole episode was going to go by. And then I would have to face my wife and she would say, oh, did people talk about rowdy? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I don't didn't. know why I'm ashamed. And then she'd be like, boycott the show. I mean, she's not going to listen <laughs> to this episode no matter what, so. Yes, <laughs> but maybe she will just to check. She, she won't. <laughs> right. Mrs. Right. Parasite is all set with wrestling, but that's okay. We uh, we had a great time. That was a great, great memory. Very, yeah. very, very sad when he passed. Very, very yeah. sad. Oh, yeah. 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 I was very, very sad. Of course. Yeah. Um, one, one of my favorite memories is uh, obviously going to uh, Raw. Yeah. With- with our parents that, yeah. that was left. I think we stayed for for two tapings. They did uh after Raw, they did oh, another taping for the yeah. for the the Saturday morning show. Yep. I believe. Okay. Um, I vaguely yeah, remember I re- I re- that. Yeah, because I remember uh Brett wrestled. Yep. He was there. Yep. Um unfortunately that's like the only <laughs> match that I remember because you no know, Brett Hart is like holy mm-hmm. shit, I love Brett Hart. And um, I, re- I remember him. I think he lost. Did he lose that match? Dude, I, I don't I, remember. I, I remember it was like, I remember like watching the match. I was like being like wicked pissed because <laughs> my favorite <laughs> wrestlers lost. We didn't have good um, seats at all for that either. Yeah, That's we were like we, way up high. We were or up high yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, it's fun. You know, that was like one of the, I think I went to three like small WWF events. Um one was uh, years later, more like um, early 2000s. I remember like Rob Van Dam was was mm-hmm. like kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And right, uh, right, right. and I went to uh, with my girlfriend at the time we went to uh, in Lowell. They had uh, at the Songus Arena, they would have sometimes they would have wrestling. And at the time, I was actually going to UMass Lowell. So it was just like, oh, you want to go see this wrestling like Rob Van Dam's going and like, OK, she like had a thing for Rob Van Dam. And I'm like, sure, whatever. But it was actually kind of cool because like he he like poked in and he just so ha- of course, like Rob Van Dam was the one she was excited for. And he just was like poked in the side of the seating just to like he thought nobody would see him. And he was he wasn't like out in where, you know, the wrestlers should be. He was like right. where the fans just would be walking around. And he just kind of was like kind of watching and looked over and I'm like, oh, my God, it's it's literally Rob Van Dam right there. 
<laughs> and she's like, oh my God. And she's like, freak the fuck out. <laughs> and it's like, Wah! And you know, we just turned and waved, and you know, that was none that was that, but <laughs> right, right, right. Funny memory, but kind of like when we met Joe Perry from Aerosmith. That was, that was fun. Oh my god, that was a that, long that was time ago. That was a long time ago. We, we met him at Cambridge's Fair, like randomly. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember yeah, just local Renaissance fairies <laughs> walking around. Yeah. We were yeah. kids, I, we were, we were like kids. 12. Yeah, this is when I uh, get a grip came out. Yeah. This was a long and time ago. Long Steve time Tyler, ago. We, we met Steve Tyler too. They were both yes, there. Yeah, yeah. He was a he act like he didn't give a shit, but yeah, uh, yeah. Joe uh, was nice. It's fine. No, he's, he's yeah. trying to you know, spend time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Fine. I, I fine. remember we like we, we walked past this 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 little place at the fair, and I remember Steve like kind of like like taps my shoulders like Joe. Doesn't he look like Joe Perry from Aerosmith? I look over. I'm like, oh my god. I think it is. <laughs> and, 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 like we're, we're like we're debating like should we yeah. ask him if he's Joe, Joe Perry from Aerosmith? I'm like I don't know. Kind of feels awkward. Just get to something like, are you so and so from this band? And we did anyways. And, did and, anyway. and he was like like the nicest guy. He he's was, like yeah. no no. We, we asked him like, are you Joe Perry from Aerosmith? And, and and he's like, I am. And he shook our hands. And we talked to him for like I don't know. It seemed like a while, but I think it was yeah, a few minutes. minutes. That was yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, he was. I remember it was like freaking. He was like freaking tall. I think he. I think so he was just. We were small. Because yeah, he's not. Small. He's not a tall guy. Yeah. He's not. We were everyone's a giant when I'm so small. I mean, literally, we were like eleven or twelve. I, think. I mean, we were. We were I think, young. I think we, we were kids. in high. I don't think maybe. we were in high school. Really close to high school. I think I think it was middle school anyway. You're at so the maybe twelve middle school. Yeah, maybe it was like sixth grade or something. That would have been twelve. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Oh my <clears> god. Yeah, yeah, it's uh that, that was funny. It's funny, yeah. Yeah, very anyway. funny. Um off topic, but fun. Off topic, yeah. <laughs> uh I, I just had to mention that because I'm talking about you know meeting celebrities, and I've never met I don't think I've ever met a, a famous famous wrestler. Um but uh I I I remember you know going to WrestleMania uh 14 hmm. and uh the the seats that we had we were like really close to the entrance and uh i remember right uh, like where the wrestlers would walk out we'll walk, yeah. walk out yeah now i, I re- so vividly remember uh you know watching the undertaker walk to the ring uh, his en- it was that was the greatest entrance he ever it had. was so good it was so good and then <laughs> kane's entrance kane's entrance yeah. With the fucking flames. Yeah. We were so mm-hmm, close mm-hmm. to the flames, you could feel the heat. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, I felt like the hairs on my arm, like, yeah. The pyrotechnics were so loud. We were probably right next to them. We were like right next to them. Yeah. And the, when they popped, it was like, it was like reality shifted. It was yes. so loud because yes. we were literally right. Terrible seats to see what was going on. We basically couldn't see anything. We but, got front row seats to the but we had tent. front row seats for where they walked out, which was and it was WrestleMania. So it's like whatever, you know, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be happy about it no matter what. Just yeah. to be there. But oh man, that was cool. But the Undertaker's entrance, that was the first time he ever had that he had this big, ridiculous coat, this trench coat mm. with like this massive collar, and he had these yes. druids come out. These druids preceded him. And they, yes. they like had torches, I think, and they lit the way. And then he comes out in this freaking coat. It was the coolest coat you've ever seen. Badass. And yeah. like, I mean, that was the best. That was his best entrance ever. 
that was yeah. that was the most incredible thing. It was so good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. The match was amazing as well. That that was that was the one I was the most excited for. And I remember yeah. I had drawn a big sign. I drew a big poster, yes. and it was a picture of the Undertaker's face and a picture of Kane's face. <laughs> and then there was a big R.I.P. tombstone. And it said, brother will kill brother, spilling blood across blood the across land, the which land. is obviously <laughs> from Megadeth. Right. Yeah. Uh, from Holy War Punishment too. And uh, I, I held that shit up the whole time. So I was. Yep. That's right. That's right. I mean, he didn't get a chance to watch the match because he had the sign right in front of him. I did. I am like, I'm like, maybe I should have <laughs> like, held it. He's like, he's like what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, uh, Who's walking out now? I can't help. <laughs> Is Kane? Is it That's Kane? Awesome. Is he walking out? Oh, he's out cold. <laughs> I, I remember that there was this, this kid right next to me. He's like, "Kane sucks." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I will punch you in the neck, <laughs> in the neck, <laughs> not in the throat, but like the back of the neck. I don't want to. I don't want to punch kill you in the Kane dick. <laughs> the Kane dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna live in insane dick lane. Yes. <laughs> do you, do you, I, I have to share this I thought this was so I just remember this from like a Monday Night Raw you know going back to where I was saying about how they took so long to intro Kane with, to, or to reveal him um, yeah. every single week it would be like, you know, Jim Ross is going nuts. He's like, tonight's the night. We're going to, you know, Paul Bear is saying we're going to see Kane. <laughs> Irrefutable evidence. We're going to see Kane and all this stuff. And uh, I remember this this one time they were building it up so hard. And Paul Bear is like, I have irrefutable evidence revealed tonight, Undertaker, <laughs> that your brother, Kane, is still alive and all this stuff. And, and it's like, OK, this is like the sixth week in a row that you've promised something, just anything. Right. And so like the thing that they revealed at the end of raw like it was the last second of raw i think the fucking credits had started to roll the last second he's like he's like no i will reveal and it's like yes 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 get fucking on with it <laughs> he had like an action figure he held up some stupid yeah. action figure and it's so anticlimactic. It's like the most, the most anticlimactic, biggest letdown you've ever had in your entire life. And he, he's like, he's like, there, look, it's the toy that you had when you were a, a, a boy and you, oh. you played with this and it, it broke in half. And this is the half that Kane had and it's like we have we have no reference for the story this is the first we're hearing of this this is the stupidest shit i've ever seen he just held up a fucking doll i i fuck this i was so fucking pissed right i was so fucking done i was totally like the that that entire time you were saying that i totally pictured his his face like jiggle so do you guys remember do you guys remember that night do you yes. remember that night? Yes. Yes. George? To love wrestling is to also realize sometimes it's the dumbest shit out there. <laughs> A true wrestling fan can love it with all your heart and also recognize some of it is just stupid. <laughs> so do you remember that, though? I don't. So wrestle. So my WrestleMania 14 story is working in the Cambridge side Galleria lids, which at the time 
was right outside the food court, right outside, like the outside area. And so they did like some event the day before WrestleMania. They did a free match outside this court and it was mobbed. Like we shut the store down because there were so many people there. Um, I feel like we did watch the pay-per-view, although at this point, I don't know if my memory is watching it or my memory is all of the highlights I have seen for 20 years since. <laughs> um, right. But I think that was around the time that I started getting back into it. I think like a lot of things, yeah, I was a kid and, you know, was into it, definitely had high school friends that were super into it. And so, you know, we would get those, like you guys were mentioning those five pay-per-views. Um, oh my God. Do I remember the night uh, undertaker beat Hulk Hogan for the title yeah. in, in nefarious fashion. Um, and my friend super pissed. He was all into Hulk Hogan. He was all into flag waving, vitamin taken, prayer saying, like hardcore Hulkamaniac. He was pissed. <laughs> um, and that was the uh, well, we'll we'll see what happens on ta- you know on Taboo Tuesday, you know where they experimented with doing non Sunday pay per views. Um, I vividly remember remember that um you know speaking of all of our fond undertaker memories um but around so then going off to college um definitely kind of fell out around there um i you know and then somewhere around yeah probably that era like i i remember I think actually the night I really got back into it. And I think my timing is all over the place. So I apologize. <laughs> no when problem. The, the Montreal screw job. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I'm Where was that? Sh- <laughs> in a little town called Montreal. 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 <laughs> um, like, I think it was that <laughs> night because like, even, you know, even though I wasn't into it, like I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a dork. So I'm always going to kind of keep like one eye over there to see what's up. Sure. And like all hell broke loose. So I think I was definitely tuning in that night, you know, that Monday night to see what the hell was going on. And that was the start of the birth of the attitude era. Um, And the WCW had started gearing up, but really what it was, was discovering ECW when a friend of mine, um introduced me to ECW and like there was this I don't know more realistic there's just this dirtier grittier DIY alternative mm-hmm. um that really got me back in and around that time is when I discovered Ring of Honor um when you had baby Samoa Joe and baby um christopher daniels aj styles um cm punk um you know you're you're going into armories with two or three hundred people um and you know we were getting front row tickets to this stuff um and it was really these smaller shows you know ecw ring of honor that that 
kind of started really cementing me as an adult fan of professional wrestling and starting to understand and appreciate this, the skills and the artistry behind it. Um, and, you know, maybe starting to see them more as human beings than cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I think that, that just kind of changes your perspective on things as well. You know, um, and I think along my own artistic journey um just kind of cluing into like the art like i said the artistry of it and recognizing the heart and you know we we might be doing different things but there's kind of the same heart and passion and drive that makes somebody you know start a band that makes somebody go to wrestling school um and see and you know again a lot just a lot of parallels you know putting on shows and you hope 25 people show up and you're right. still gonna, you know, yep. you're still gonna put your all into it, you know, whether it's a dozen people, you know, a hundred or more. Yeah. Um, because that's that's what you gotta do to get better and to put on a show. Right. So true. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, just kind of thinking picking up on what Dom had said a while ago, like you know, if you're if you're a lapsed wrestling fan uh, listening to this, you know, um, do some do some investigating. This is an amazing, amazing time to be a wrestling fan there. You we have access to so many different companies um, to check out that you will. You know, if there's part of your heart that loves wrestling, there is somebody doing it in a way that you will connect with hmm. that um you know whether it's new japan and impact wrestling on access tv um ring of honor is coming back you've got aew which is you know a, a big company you know in kind of trying to have the same air as wwe um and then to dom's point again there are so many great small local feds who everybody's just busting their ass yeah. to to put on a good show, um, to learn their craft, um, and to just just you know again that 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 passion and that DIY energy um, is is there. Um, and as Dom had said, you know your your ten dollar fifteen dollar ticket, like not only are you going to be entertained, like that is directly going to help this company and those wrestlers yeah um right so you know whether you're looking you you know whether you're looking to consume something on your couch or you're looking you know to to head out and kind of connect with these other people you know with with other wrestling fans um it's an amazing amazing time uh for wrestling right now George, that's that's just an amazing sentiment, honestly, and uh, <clears throat> I think that's a great place to end end the the show. Really, I mean, yeah, seriously, that, honestly, that yeah. that is uh, that's great, man. I I you're making me want to go out and see some wrestling. Is what you're doing? Yes, yeah. So I was actually, just gonna so, say that. So can I ask again? What was? Yeah. What are the shows that you see sometimes in Providence that, that you guys mentioned? Um, so the big one is beyond wrestling beyond wrestling. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, again, just this, it feels like a 
a good time party. Um, you've got people who absolutely follow the product and understand all the storylines and they're into it hardcore. Uh, and then you've got other people kind of like myself who like wrestling and want yeah. that smaller, more intimate fix. Yeah. Um, and they they do a fantastic job. And the, and the cool thing about beyond wrestling is yes, they have the, you know, the local level talents. And let me just say, they might be local level talents. They are freaking talented. Um, you know, these, these are great craftsmen and women um, who are good and talented and busting their asses. Um, but what beyond does is they will also bring in people that you might know from AEW from other, you know, higher feds. Sure. So you get this wonderful mix of people you've seen on TV that now you get to see in this intimate 200 to 300 person setting, which is fantastic to go along with the, the, the newer talent. Um, so again, they've, I really like the mix that they put on their shows. Um, I've been to three at this point. Um, you know, again, there's a two and a half year break <laughs> thrown in there. Right. Um, but again, I really think they're doing it right on a local level. And then if you dig beyond that there, you know, there are, you'll find even smaller feds who are doing, you know, closer to that, maybe 50 to hundred, you know, maybe it's in a gym, it's in an, uh, in an armory. I've seen some that are, you know, renting out hotel ballrooms. Cause you know, what else are the hotel ballrooms going to be doing these days? Yeah. Right. Um, right. You know, but again, it's, it's these, you know, low cost of entry. Um, so you get in, you, you have a great time and the way it's set up now that, you know, you kind of like go into a gig where all the bands put out their merch. And, you know, if you, if you dig somebody, if you connect with somebody, you can buy their CD, you can buy their shirts. Mm -hmm. A lot of wrestlers have set up their own um, tables. And so, you know, if somebody blows you away and you, or you really connect to what they're doing, you can go over there, you can buy their t-shirt for 20 bucks and you know, directly you're helping them get home. Literally you're helping them, you know, eat on the yeah, way home. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, you're helping them along their journey. And yeah, man, I was almost embarrassed when it finally clicked, you know, going to these shows for as long as I have that recently ish, it clicked. It's like, Oh my God, it is just like what I'm doing when, mm -hmm. you know, swarm of eyes sets up at a gig when I'm at conventions with, you know, <clears throat> my graphic novels and stuff like that, these wrestlers are doing the exact same thing. So of course I've got to support them the exact same way I would support another artist or writer at a convention that I dig and who's doing good stuff the exact same way any right. band supervised plays with that we connect with whether musically personally or both like absolutely you know of course i will go into a, con a, a comic convention and i'll spend money like a drunken sailor because god damn it that's what you're supposed to do right um you know and like i said it finally clicked in it's like right if i'm going to these wrestling shows and there's somebody busting their ass go buy their t-shirt help yeah. them help them on their journey you know, um, and these smaller shows let you do that. Nice. Right. Right. I just happened to, to look up their, their website and 
uh, they have stuff going on every Thursday in Worcester. Wow. They have, yep, they have a, oh, sorry. They have a standing weekly show. Um, I've been there once. And again, it's just, it's just a good time. It's George, a, George, I think we got to go. Well, oh, I think we, okay. we will. No, find no, yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, I think we, we got to go, go together. Yeah, 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 go yeah we'll like find that. a. So we'll have a retro <laughs> night. Yeah, we'll pick one. I like it. Yeah, I, like I think, it. Yeah. I think we yeah, all got to just go catch some local wrestling. That would be fun as hell. I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in just years. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, the last time I saw like, something local was last year when I went to Pennsylvania for a gaming convention. They had some wrestling matches. Uh, they they had uh, people dressed like comic book characters or ah. video game characters and kind of like do like little mishmash and it it was just a ton fun. of fun yeah yeah I, I had some stuff recorded I should probably put up on my YouTube channel yeah um, that'd be great so people can see yeah that that was Tim, that was a lot of fun Tim will you come with us absolutely nice yeah. you yeah. better bring, believe it. Bring, yeah. bring Stephanie with you oh yeah yeah that'd be that'd be super fun I mean what like you're saying what better time to get to get into it, you know, and, and getting to see it at like the ground level, this, like these grassroots kind of just wrestling federations and everything that are out there. And these people who are just passionate as hell about doing the, you know, the art form that is important to them. Like, I feel like as a creative, like you said before, like just echoing that, like, how can you not thrive off that? Mm. You know, like even if the wrestling itself didn't seem interesting at face value, like that energy is, is so powerful. So, so great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that really just, yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be super game for that. Awesome. Awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Well, what an episode. This is a hell of a conversation. Yeah. Something Um, different. Something different for us. George, can you stick around for just a couple more minutes to do Tim's uh, B segment? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Well, after that, you, few uh, you need to promo. We need to promo the hell out of your your current book. Okay. Yes. We can do that. Okay. Yes, totally do that. Awesome for sure. All right. So that was awesome. But now it's time. Well, it's actually actually you know uh, you know it's almost time. Almost. To catch the horizon. Before we say goodbye, let's go to this. Greetings, Retroids and WrestleManiacs out there. I am 8-Bit Alchemy, and I have a episode of Retro Nouveau for you. This is yes. our segment where we like to highlight and talk about new games that look old and just tickle that, uh, you know, that nostalgia bug that we all have inside of us. I will be talking about a topical game today and also for a series first, uh, a game that we've not played and is not out yet, but God damn it, mm. it's appropriate and it sounds cool. And I'm going to talk about it so that maybe at least one of you out there learns about it and oh, yeah. goes in, and goes and follows up and checks this thing out. So the game for today is called Wrestle Quest. I was hoping and, uh, that's what you were setting up. Yes, can't yes. wait for this game. I cannot wait. So I, I think I think this is the game that's going to bring you back to gaming. Right, you will find time to you're, play you're gonna, this. Yeah, one you're going to find time to actually play this. Oh, game. Yeah. Look, I need you to understand. I need to understand how serious I am. I signed up for their mailing list. Hell yeah! Oh my god, that's wow. how serious I am and excited for this game. I'm sorry, Tim. 
Take it away. I got no, it. No, no worries. I am, <laughs> I am thrilled that you already are pumped about it. So, WrestleQuest is from Mega Cat Studios and Skybound Games. They are going to be putting this game out for the Nintendo Switch. I'm sure a multitude of other consoles as well. But really, what I'm what I'm here to do, I will I will give you my uh, impression of what I've seen. And then I will also just read you the details from the official press release. There is, you know, no uh, no qualms about plagiarism when it's an official press release. I'm just delivering their message. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, Russell Quest is a, you know, Super Nintendo looking turn-based RPG where you play as a wrestler that you create moving up through the ranks and defeating you know all variety of different legendary wrestlers and meeting you know some real life greats that are you know people that are near and dear to fans of wrestling's heart Um, not all of the characters are just made up for this game Uh, it has a amazing freaking you know lush colorful art style it looks like a shit ton of fun it does. Uh, so i will yeah. i will read i will read the official you know kind of summary of the game uh, in wrestle quest players assume the role of a young wrestling hopeful on his quest to become one of the all-time greats while he power bombs slams and suplexes his way to the top inspired by icons like the legendary macho man randy savage Ooh, yeah. our hero must immerse himself <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling which will not only test his athleticism but his will and conscience too Throughout the game, players will experience classic turn-based RPG combat that mixes real-time action with tactical choices as they wrestle through a richly detailed and fantastic storyline, starting out as a newcomer before ascending the ranks and becoming the sport's greatest star with help from legendary wrestlers that span the ages. Pixel art graphics and overall visual style perfectly represent the combined worlds of wrestling, toys, and action figures. Players will meet and interact with a host of legends as they progress through their quest, including Macho Man Randy Savage, Booker T, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake Roberts, Diamond Dallas Page, Jeff Jarrett, and many more. With tons of side missions, bonus content, and much more, this is the ultimate main event that you won't want to miss. Nice. Hell yeah. And Diamond will, uh, Dallas Page. Yes. Right? I loved him back in the day. And now he's doing yoga. Now he's doing DDP <laughs> yoga. Which and apparently making more money off of that than anything he did in wrestling. Yes. Right? I yes. mean, you know. He he like actually he helped. He, he's been helping like other wrestlers get back on yeah. their feet health-wise. <clears throat> Jake the doing Snake. Doing DDP yoga, which is amazing. Yeah, supposedly Jake the Snake got clean with the help of DDPY. Yep. Um yep. and obviously uh he was close with Scott Hall, right? I mean, I'm pretty yes. sure he was uh yep. pretty I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was. Um but yeah, that looks like a ton of fun and I don't know if it was said but it is pixel based. It it is this retro nouveau after all. Yeah. So yeah. All of the scale, oh, yeah. all the sprites pixel, in the scale are all like graphics. Old school awesome sprite goodness yes. love that shit yes yes absolutely i cannot wait for that game can't wait yes very right. different yeah. very unique yeah we will absolutely. all be experiencing that together mm-hmm. uh, yes. sometime in the in for the sure. future yeah yes. uh, sure. but but yeah yeah that's uh, oh, awesome that's, retro nouveau man yes thanks yeah. tm yeah. that was yeah, good sure thing. very good sure thing. Sure thing. no problem no problem 
Yeah. And right. uh, thanks for hanging out, even though you didn't really have uh, too much to say. You know, we don't oh, yeah, always yeah. always have, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to find a topic that the three of us are like 100 percent on. And as yes. as we get on, you know, we're in our fourth season now and and it's just it becomes an issue of like, <laughs> well, do you not do the episode because all three of you aren't on board or do you just kind of power through and you yeah, know, you just you just go with it. And try I mean, your best. And, we we right, had our right. we had our subject matter experts on here, uh, so there was no worries. That yeah, be a, Dominic, a content filled, uh, you know, episode. Yeah, Dominic, all the expertise <laughs> of you guys. Yeah, Dominic uh, provided that extra, totally unique yeah. perspective of being on the mat itself that we couldn't have possibly been able to add to the conversation. And George, you're such a knowledgeable super fan, and you know, you just have a golden voice. Oh, it's true. It's which true. is uh which is Dude, i think my, why you my ears somebody... have been smiling on the whole episode the whole time, the whole time. The whole time which time, is yeah. uh why i think you're able to sell so many comic books please tell us <laughs> tell yes, us about your goddamn your comic, books. Your comic book please <laughs> um, you recently had a kickstarter yeah. yes um so this has actually been a busy uh spring so the kickstarter we recently did uh is for uh, an anthology called toddler apocalypse uh, and the idea is that uh, the worst part about trying to survive all of our favorite apocalyptic scenarios, the zombies, the killer robots, the aliens, it's not that. It's actually trying to survive your kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, co-created and co-written uh, with my friend Diana Porter. Um, and the idea, like I said, is, is and we got a killer lineup of artists it's a six story anthology each uh story had its own creative team um of just some artists that some i've been friends with for years and some i've just admired from afar on twitter and one of the reasons we wanted to do the book i mean beyond loving the idea of it um was a chance to work with these artists that like i said i just i i loved and kind of doing this short anthology was a great way to get some of these working artists uh, on the book. You know, these are people with working at, have have worked at IDW, at Image, at Dark Horse, that type of thing. Um, And it just, it was everything I was, I would hoping it would be. Um, And actually today I sent the files off to be printed. Oh man. Um, So that is a huge, cause like the (laughs) writer trying to graphic design this stuff it's just it is every horrible cliche that you can think of. So the fact that, you know, it's off and be printed and in theory will be here in two weeks. Just I'm thrilled beyond thrilled. Yeah, that's um, awesome. because because how's this for another plug? If you are in the Boston area or you can be in the Boston area, April 9th is going to be the, my first convention of the year. Uh, Wicked Comic Con. Oh yeah, yeah. It's happening okay. yep, Saturday, April 9th. It's a one-day show. Um, and it is put on by kind of like the OG people of the old Boston Comic Con. Yes. Um, uh, before oh, okay. it was before it was sold uh to the fan expo group. Yes. Um, so I'm very excited for this show. Uh it's at the Weston Boston in the Seaport District. Um, the Weston is a really nice hotel. Um, and if you, you can go to wickedcomiccon.com to learn more, buy tickets and all that. Um, and yeah, it looks like it'll be, uh, the debut of it. 
Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, really we're very excited. Uh, and I didn't think we'd be able to. So it's just, you know, very lucky. Um, so that that was the Kickstarter that was going on. At the same time, uh, this book I wrote called Charlie Spot as a four issue series uh, that was published by CEX Publishing. Um, and that wrapped up its four issue run in the beginning of uh, this month, the beginning of March as well. Um, it's a book that I'm insanely proud of. Uh, it follows a homeless veteran who uh, has his prized busking spot stolen from him and he has to go on an increasingly bizarre adventure around his town and the evil suburbs to figure out who stole his spot and how can he get it back um it is it's some of my favorite comics are ones that have like wonderfully perfect comic book over the topness mm -hmm. uh, and then out of nowhere just like hit you in the gut with like the feels right um yeah. you know so yeah. like, like your when laugh... your guard is fully let down yes and you're like this is so dumb and silly oh shit emotions yeah and you're just like not ready for yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but... i love those some of my some of the most my favorite books recently are ones where i'm laughing on one page and just like come to a dead stop on the next one because they've just found that human truth wrapped up in over the top comic book yeah. goodness Right. Uh, and so this this was my attempt at it. You know, it's I keep telling people like, look, I know I said a homeless veteran. It's a comedy. You know, it, it's <laughs> I kind of look at it as like kind yeah. of like big, big Lebowski esque where big Lebowski. It's it's a simple premise. He just wants his rug back. But every time he pulled he the room together. Right. But every time <laughs> he tries to accomplish his goal, it just keeps spinning out of control. So that's that's kind of where it's at. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, these these two big projects, uh, especially Charlie Spot, it's been it's been an active project for over two years. Um, so to have both of these kind of like wrap up literally over the last two weeks has been very weird uh, <laughs> to go right. like for all right. the projects to like no projects right although that's a that's a lie anybody that's run a kickstarter knows like the the mailing portion of the show is just as hard as you know the the Everything emotional else, part <clears throat> uh, but yeah so that's those are the two that are going on um and i have a bunch of other back catalog of other books um the best way to learn about all this stuff is you can go to homeless comics Dot com all one word homelesscomics.com um it, it is homeless comics because all of these books live in my basement right now and they <laughs> yeah. need good homes and bookshelves and nightstands to go to you see what he did there folks you see <laughs> what he did there um <laughs> and, guns, and yeah and you can download previews of all the books um so you know you can check out all my back catalog. Um, so whether you're looking for like a sci-fi thinker or, you know, you've got kids and you're looking for a book for them. Um, homeless the veterans for kids, <laughs> for the kids, <laughs> homeless veterans, the lunchbox. <laughs> um, yeah. So go to homelesscomics.com and you can check all it out. Um, like I said, you can grab free previews and then, uh, if something's jumping out, please uh, would love to send them to you. Yeah, nice. And that's awesome. that's the that. 
that's the comics, the writing portion. Um, and it's come up a couple times. Uh, but the other active project is my band Swarm of Eyes. Um, it, it is loud, heavy metal. You know, I kind of call us like born of the big four, but with uh, a modern uh, attack and production value. So kind of like your Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax with a kill switch engage lamb of god kind of wrapping around it um i like that are, yeah. yeah yeah you know yeah. those I think, guys i think you can get behind that description yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, a candy really. bar i'd eat yeah all right <laughs> yeah. uh and i'm very excited to say we are in pre-production for a new ep um, oh yeah yes we uh we record drums in mid-may and then pretty much my summer is gonna be uh, recording the band at my studio and then we're all going to send it to big sexy studio and big sexy producer uh, to help us make this the album I have always wanted to hear myself on um, we you know, our, our marching order with this one is big loud polished um, you know just a plus uh, yeah. I am I I'm really excited about the songs we're recording. Um, and I am truly just such a fan of the other guys in the band and what they oh, do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah, for sure. You know, like beyond them being my friends and my bandmates. Um, so, yeah, I really so like talented. What, Every single yeah. one of you guys is yes. so incredibly talented Absolutely. at yes. your instrument. It's, I mean, maybe not Randy, but everybody else. <laughs> It's just so <laughs> incredibly good at what they do. And, um, and and for a while I've I've wanted to record them the way I guess I admire them or I feel like they deserve to be recorded. Yeah. Um yeah. so like you yeah, got that, the rosy that, glasses, you got the rose tinted glasses <laughs> of you know, friendship. <laughs> I there I mean there's that, but then there's also 12 years of being in a rehearsal yeah. space with yeah. them. Yeah, and yeah. getting to hear you want them. to do them justice. Yeah. 100% because they, yeah. they they deserve it. Yes. You know, yeah. as my friends, as my bandmates and then as the talent that they are, yes. they deserve to be, you know, as polished as possible. So that is kind of the banner and my goal for this for this EP and I'm oh, I'm yeah. very very excited. It's been a while since we've released some new music. Um yeah. and I'm a guy who constantly like is wants to move forward and create. Yeah. Um, well, I'll so, tell you what, George, uh, yeah. yeah. Pick, what's your pick a, pick a swarm song. We'll play it after the credits. Oh, yes. thank you so much. Let's go with tell your God to ready for blood. Yes. All right. We'll do it. That, that's a good one for sure. Thank you guys. So, and yeah, if yes. you want to learn more swarm of eyes.com, um, you can go there swarm of eyes band on YouTube. If you want to check out some of the songs there and I'm a terrible uh, plugger. If you would like to learn any more about me or just follow me, uh, Twitter is my platform and you can find me at lazy horde L a Z Y H O R D E George. We're not even friends on Twitter. This is weird. Oh my god! Well, I, don't, I just realized what the that. Hell? I, 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 <laughs> I didn't gotta, know you were. I, I had no I, idea. Yeah, I didn't know you were on Twitter either. My life is a lie. What? What's the point oh. of anything I've done? Oh my god! <laughs> Can't even get George on Twitter. <laughs> oh my god! Luckily, yeah. this is something we can easily. We can. We fix. can. We, we got. We got to fix that, and then we got to go see some live wrestling. George, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. 
tell, thank tell you. your George ready for Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Guys, um, thank you for having me on. And seriously, thank you for your support and your friendship over the years. Um, I truly appreciate it. Um, and it makes me so happy to see you at gigs, to see you at conventions, to just be in the same circle again i truly appreciate your energy and enthusiasm for all the stuff i do thank you so much of course of course course. you know what you know what george you make it easy bud (laughs) you make it easy it's very true (laughs) thank you guys very true and i i also have to say i want to thank you george for asking me how i was doing at the last show and then you gave me a big hug i did you did that meant a lot to me you have no idea i'm glad that meant to me I'm glad, um, you know, it, it is especially the last two years. It's been, oh, yeah. super, it's been super tough watching people go through what they've been going through because we haven't had those opportunities to connect face to face. So that was yeah. like a two that like that hug was two years of, of, you know, rolled into, into one, um, you know, so I mean, I'm sorry the world didn't let us do that sooner, but I'm glad we were able to do that last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, and barely than ever. That's right. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yes. And right. it was wonder- wonderful to see you. Wonderful to hear how you're doing, man. Really. Thank so you. Glad Thank to you hear so it. much. Thank you so much. All right. So that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that make growing up awesome. If you liked what what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being part of the Unique BR Podcast Network. Retro Redoc is still a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network, and you can also check out all of these awesome shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, Throwdown Thursday, Let's Not with Michelle and Sam, and The Scream Sisters. So, please check them out. You will not be disappointed. I have been your most handsome host, Nintendo. Have a safe night. And and stay tuned for some freaking metal. Yes. And may God bless. <laughs> God bless you.
Yeah.